welcome to Euphoria. You're listening to episode 13. This is available on SoundCloud, iTunes, and YouTube. This is the podcast about all things EULCS, featuring your hosts, me, Daniel Dracos, and Martin DeFiscio-Lunga. Welcome, DeFiscio. Thank you, Dracos. It was a great flight. I love EasyJet. Oh, yay, EasyJet. Well, maybe (laughs) let's get the sponsor. We have two other people here, so let's run through it. This week's topics are looking back at the ULCS finals, the pressure of playing for Fnatic, the level of Europe, and MSI 2018, as well as some Twitter questions potentially sprinkled in there in the mix. Joining us to break it all down is none other than five-time back-to-back LCS champion Young Buck, and the only person I know of who is both a EU LCS rookie and a champion, which is Blippa. Hi. Wait, what about like perks? No, 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 because you actually have not played enough games in the regular, because the rookie of the split is a regular season award. We haven't figured out actually, you're, you're now such a special case oh. that you can probably win rookie under the current rules, which we may have to change. You could <laughs> technically win rookie of the split next season, having already won the EU LCS. Because you have to play three or more games yeah, in the regular yeah, know, season to qualify as rookie, and you only played two, and then you won the ULCS. <laughs> 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 ah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's a special one. Yeah, that's actually cool. So I, we'll, yeah. we'll update you. I don't know if you'll be eligible or not, but under the current rules, you would be. You yeah, have now, you're sure, now so I'm, special yeah, that you're I'm, causing I'm someone sure some kind of headache. I'm sure that's probably not going to happen, though. Like, I think that's, that's kind of... <laughs> I'm sure they're going to change something yeah, there. Sure, yeah. I also got to say, like, your title... Not as cool as Young Buck's title yeah, in terms yeah. of the introduction, right? It was a very long. It's you could have kept going. Uh, it's pretty crisp for yeah. I mean, Young Buck has a lot of accolades here. I could have listed off each individual title. Winner of the 2016, 2017, 2018. You know, just gone through with them all. MSI finalist. Funny enough, leading up to the tournament, we're about to play now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, as well. Guys so first. I guess the, the first question is, Bubba, do you have any extra titles that we need to know about? Mm. Best Grand Clank player in Fnatic. I mean, you're forgetting a really important one. <laughs> yeah. The self-sustaining carry top laner. That's right. Uh, no, I don't really have anything, I think. Just memes. Like, we, Just always, memes. We, always, yeah, we always troll. Because, like, obviously, Joey plays top lane as well. Used to, competitively. And we have the self-sustaining carry top laner thing we have going <laughs> going on. And we copy and paste it. And every, like, every champ selected players, you copy-paste, like, this super troll. Like, <laughs> it's like a copy-paste. And what it comes down to is, like... I'm a self-sustaining carry top laner that has no champion pool issues. <laughs> and I am not a win condition, I am the win condition. And stuff like this, you know. It's so funny. <laughs> I don't know, it's so good. Just let me know if you want to write for broadcast there, Joey. That sounds yeah. like great, great stuff. How to empower your top laner right <laughs> yeah. there. It's, it's so That's good. inspirational. Um, so one thing, we, we were talking a lot before the show because Martin was stuck in traffic getting here. But... I found out... Throwing me under the bus. Yeah, I mean, you were. I mean, it's not your fault that traffic exists, but you were. You were late. Um, I found out Fnatic has a pregame ritual that I had no idea about yep. that you guys talked at length about. Run run me through this, this pregame ritual. What do you guys do? Well, we play a board game called Werewolves. It's very similar to Town of Salem, Throne of Lies, Mafia. You get dealt a role. Um, there's about 12 different roles, I think, and uh, the good guys have to find the wolves, and the wolves have to try to hide and lie their way through. And try to convince the town that they're good people. Yeah. And this is our team bonding activity that I think we started in week four. And we played every day since then. Still played every day between scrims. Every day. Between scrims, before scrims. Sometimes at night, you know, we're just like, oh, let's just play. Yeah. And uh, whenever we have had a bad scrim, we just say, ah, guys, we didn't play Wolves. So then we just... Uh, take some time to play a game of wolves <laughs> and go into the next game, and then you, yeah, and you just end up winning. It just it works. Yeah, it yeah, works. It works. Okay, so what? There's so much I want to know about this. Like, wh- why do you think? So, 
does it work when you guys are tilted to just play this game and it works every time that it's just like gone after this game? I mean, uh, not necessarily gone. It's just like, there's a certain extent of <laughs> myth, maybe. Like it's not really, it doesn't work every time, but it works like enough to the point where people feel good about it. And when they play, they feel like, okay, we played Wolves, you know, and maybe they feel bitter about it because, ah, oh, we played Wolves now. Let's go into the next game. We'll be okay. Maybe something like this. But I do think it helps just... You, you get a laugh, right? Because generally how we play is we, we end up lying and just being really, like, troll about it. Like, sure. <laughs> we, say, we say, you know, like, it's not where we're playing, like, really tryharding the win every round or, or, or whatever. We're trying to get the most fun out of it we can. And I think that helps to reset the mentality after a loss. Uh, and I think that's what, like, the biggest deal is, at least for us. Who wins the most? Caps. I was about to say, Caps? You're not even lying or not. Yeah, he's, 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 he's really good at it. He's really good at it. He's really good at it. And I guess... Joey, did you introduce this? I did, yeah. I was yeah. Uh, recommended the game by a friend, and then, uh, I, I always played card games with Martin when he was in Copenhagen Wolves. We would always sit at the airport and play card games for hours and hours waiting for our flight. So I knew he liked these kinds of games. So I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, well, I'm just going to order this and see if people want to play. And it was just a really big success. Was it was, uh, did, was it originally supposed to be like the, like this big team building exercise? Was just like, hey, we have free time, we can try doing something like this, and it just grew? Yeah, I just thought we would play it a couple of times, maybe for a yeah. week or two, but uh, I, didn't, I never thought it would actually stick for the team. And we actually started with a different board game. Started with Codenames, right? Oh yeah, Codenames. Yeah, yeah, we started, started with, with a different, names, yeah. different one. It was really fun, everyone liked it. You know, it was a different board game where you had like, you had pictures and you, ha and you had a, a spy master that had to basically describe the, the pictures with one word, and then people had to choose the, the right picture, but there's different colors. So there's two different teams, and obviously the pictures would overlap. So like, you know, if you said mountain, there could be two different mountains. If you chose the wrong one, you would lose or whatever. So that's what, where it started. People liked it a lot, and then we just started looking for other board games, and we said, ah, let's play Werewolves. Yeah. It worked out. Yeah, because code names didn't stick, and then we're like, oh, we yeah, need to find yeah, something yeah. new. We need to find yeah. something new. But well, it worked. It's so interesting. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's it's actually brilliant in a way, yeah. because one, it's so simple, but at yeah. the same time, it's so effective uh, for a team, because we know a lot of teams obviously are trying to find ways to, you know, team bond and do stuff when you've just lost the game where you're gonna try and refocus. Teams investing in like mental coaches. We actually got teams like go and they like yeah. some guy gives them a speech every between between games and you guys just lie to each other nonstop. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah. I feel better now. Yeah. I can just imagine like in a best of five, the finals of MSI. Fnatic lose game one, and we just see Young Buck with the game under his yeah. arm, run on stage, yeah. like, get away from me, let's go, guys, and then just start playing I it just, instantly. I just love the idea of you guys ever being in game five in the future, and there's going to be a lot of people who won't hear this who will assume that, like, Young Buck or Dylan are back there, and they're giving the most inspirational speech of all time, like, like some great, like, glorious, like, ooh, like, Oscar-worthy speech, and you're going to be sitting back there, like, no, he's this guy's this guy's a wolf, man. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, telling you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, good. Good. We got a key to success now for Fnatic. I don't think any any of the other teams are gonna bring this strategy to MSI, but we just revealed it on the podcast, I guess. So maybe now yeah. it's still. Our right. one goal was not to leak any oh, Fnatic stuff. So we've already failed already. It. I actually have a completely different question. Hmm. Um and we talked briefly about it with already, but hmm. your accent is very interesting. And I'm obviously a man of uh, a very special accent. It's been part of my brand uh, as well. It's very clear I'm from Denmark. No right. one is really going to question that. You, on the other hand, you're from mm. Belgium. Right. However, you sound a little bit British. Yeah. Kinder, three to four other things almost. <laughs> and it kind of depends on what word you're choosing. Right. 
what's going on? Um, well, when I got into like online gaming, so a bit like uh, World of Warcraft at the time, and I actually wanted to like play arenas and stuff in World of Warcraft. Uh, it required a certain level of communication to coordinate, and it turned out to be that the players I was playing with were from England, and, and they were from different places. You know, somewhere from Scotland, somewhere from, from <laughs> you know, like from yeah, just generally in the UK, and then. I spent like two years with these people, like day in, day out playing with them. Shout out to them. They're really cool guys. Um, I still talk to them from time to time. It's not as much, you know, because everyone's moved on and I'm still playing games. So, but since then, I've just always picked up English from, from that age, right? I was like 11 years old at the time. This is like eight years back. And ever since, because I learned English doing that. So right. I wasn't very good at it back then. I had a really like thick Dutch accent back then. But now, like, ever since, because I always just picked up their speech, uh, certain words will be pronounced differently for me. I don't know which ones. You know, I don't pay attention to it, you know. I have no idea, like, when or when my accent changes or stays the same. But that's just how it works for me. And like, I think it's good enough English that everyone can understand. Oh, me, yeah. Least, you know, like, it works for me. And uh, ever since, it's been, like, a, a, a good point for me, as in, like, mm. yeah, I feel confident when I speak English. At the, to the point where I actually feel like, because me and Joey speak Dutch from time to time to each other, right? Like, for me, English is a more comfortable language. Oh, to be fair, speaking Dutch is also kind of difficult, right? Like It is for someone who isn't Dutch, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, obviously. And he, he's from Belgium, so he has a really weird accent <laughs> yeah, to Dutch really, people. I actually so have to do an effort. To, it's like, easier for me to understand him when he speaks English. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's not even, like, doesn't like, he says this, but, like, if you compare it to how I, like, talk to my parents compared to how to talk to him like i'm actually making like the biggest effort of all time to make sure he understands me because if i would like speak in my own dialect then i don't think he even be like he wouldn't even follow because uh shocks actually has the same dialect as me He's from uh, the same region out of curiosity just as a sample can we like pick like a sentence and you can both say it in your own dialect and me and official can see if we can actually hear hear the difference here mm. i can understand some dutch the danish words in there or maybe we have Dutch words. It's actually kind of difficult for me because sure. I've, like, I haven't like done it in so long, right? I haven't like... I mean, no pressure. We're not trying to put you on the yeah, spot. Yeah, I'm just yeah, curious. Yeah. Can you talk about this being like so different? It's always just interesting. Give us yeah. a sentence, Dracus. Hi, how are you doing? Let's just do that. Super simple. Maybe. In Dutch. I actually uh, don't know. I assume it's simple because okay, it's simple in English. Hey, who hat it? Uh, hey, who hat it? There's a little bit of more uh, over well, there from Joe here. Oh, right. It's like they have a really soft G. G's, yeah. The G's are definitely they're the biggest difference, for we make, sure. We make a lot of fun of Belgian people for having the soft G. Like, yeah, know, yeah, really uh, yeah, yeah. I'm from Bruges, right? And there's two G's in there, so we say bruh. <laughs> bruh. Yeah, bruh. Whereas if he, if he says it, it's completely different. Yeah. I would say bruh. <laughs> yeah, bruh. See? On the podcast, you're learning. As an ignorant American, this is so fascinating to me. I'm like, oh, man, there's other languages in the world. Have you ever heard like a really thick Dutch accent when they speak English? Because I feel like all the players we have or have had in the past, like, uh, you know, Shook and you, Joey, like, I don't hear the Dutch part when you speak English. Well, I don't, I mean, I don't know them because like, because the only the only time when I remember a Dutch accent is from the Austin Power movie. Uh, <laughs> that guy, I don't think that guy was Dutch, by the way. Well, I, I, I think was that's probably to be, a pretty over the top it was character. Supposed to be a, a Dutch accent, and it was like very clear. But I've never actually heard anyone speak you, like you, that. Do you want no, him to say I'm do. Dutch? Isn't that weird? I'm just saying, like, I yeah. never felt like you had a really thick Dutch accent. So well, thank you. 
And if no. I mean, could you try and fake one when you speak English? No, I can't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you sure? No, I'm really sure. We tried. Oh damn it! <laughs> <I> think... <laughs> all right, all right. Jeez. All right, we'll stop. We'll stop beating the dead horse, and we'll move on to the the first topic. All right. So our next topic, one that we probably delayed for too long, is the EU LCS <laughs> final. Uh, all, purely our fault that it took us this long to get a fanatic member, fanatic members on after the EU LCS final, but. Just kind of want to go back and take a look at it. Uh, and my, my first question is the preparation that went into final and, and your approach to to both the game and, and the, the preparation leading up to it. I'm just curious, like, what actually went into this to this 3-0 win in terms of how you beat G2, how you come out on top in this final? Uh, I think we realized very early. I mean, we already saw in the spring split they weren't good at closing up games. So we looked at them and said, okay, well, the strength is top lane. So we want to shut that down in the draft, like we banned Fiora again playing these kind of champions. Mm -hmm. And then we are very comfortable playing late game, falling 5k behind because we know that at some point they will take a 50-50 Baron because they're not good enough to take towers without killing us or us making the mistake for them. So that was basically the preparation going into it. Draft-wise, that was a strategy that we wanted to take. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty clear. It worked pretty well. Yeah. Game one was like Camille Ban, Fiora, GP, yeah. pick a you know, reckless Tristana, which had, what was it, 95 or 100% win rate uh, in the EU yeah. LCS. So I guess it's actually kind of weird because I don't think any of us were really surprised that Fnatic not only won the final, but also was fairly like one sided. At least I had a 3-1 as my prediction. I was just like, okay, Fnatic's going to win this. I said 3-2 because I wanted. I feel like I said 3-2. Because of your feelings or because you were like... Or did I say 3-0? I, I, like... I don't remember what I said. But anyway, yeah, I would have yeah. I would have liked five games. And I and I knew that you guys were the favorites for sure going in. But I mm. definitely did not expect it to be this one-sided. Not Even if it was a 3-0, I expected it to be much more like close, contestion, single, like big final team fights deciding it. And while that was kind of the case... It didn't feel like you guys were playing on even footing. It felt like G2 was being forced into this situation and you guys had like planned it the entire time, you know? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, from my perspective in the game, I felt uh, like after game one, I felt like the other games are just a repeat of that in the sense that, you know, we fell kind of behind in the early game. Uh, you know, I fed a killer or two in the early game. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. all right. We it's fine. Yeah, I know, I know, I did. I know, I did. I know full well. I know better than anybody else. Uh, but the idea was just, you know, like, I, I just got put on the sound because I wanted to be on the sound because it just shuts out certain possibilities for top lane, right? Like, the Yamada uh, kind of last week talked about is like the meta revolves around him. Mm -hmm. He is the meta pick. He's the staple. And it just kills so many good champions for G2 and what we we thought were good champions for G2 were sideliners such as Camille and Fiora and these are playable into Sion right which is why we banned them you know because the other sideliners can't lane against Sion so we just use him as a way of in the finals at least making sure that because even leading up to the hype everyone was like yeah top lane has to win because mid lane is an even match and if it's not it's it's going to be really hard and bot lane we all assume that Fnatic is going to pull ahead there right yep so, if we just pick a neutralizing top laner that's going to do really well on his own, and we shut that out, we're just going to scale, and we're going to have a really good time at least taking a, an, an even game, or even a little farther behind. And game one, how it went, it was like, we were behind, and we started fighting, it went good, and then we started winning, and then we took full control, and I feel like it was just a repeat of that in every game, and that's why people feel like it wasn't close, but it really was. 
Like, I think the games, they could have won. If any of the fights went their way, the games would have looked, like, looked a lot closer, and maybe even they would have taken a game off us. It was just, at some point, it, it, it probably felt hopeless for them, right? <laughs> because, like, every time it was the same repeat. It was, get to 20 minutes, 20 minutes, you have a small skirmish or a fight, you you lose like Rick three for one, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you lose three for one or like five for all. You all get killed, and then Fnatic gets barren, and it's like, oh, you know, the gas game's over again, guys. And and I think it was more of the fact that it was three the, the same game three different times in a row is how I feel. I play the same game, you know. I, I went into the lane. My lane wasn't exactly what like played well. <laughs> you know, we get to the mid game. Like Caps is doing Caps things. You know, Reckless is doing Reckless things, and they're just carrying the game and. Yeah, we just get to a point where they feel comfortable doing that, mm. and we couldn't lose. That's how we felt. So, Joey, do you think G2 made a mistake in terms of how they approached the pick and ban phase, trying to go for you know the setup where they gave away Cyan every time, and they could actually they could win early game, but would always end up losing late game team fights? Should they have changed anything in the in the draft? Well, I think they were very one-dimensional in how they approached the game with the side lane win condition with Wunder. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if their players, the other players, are strong enough to carry games. So, But I do think they could have put more uh, responsibility on Perks, for example, because, I mean, he has shown that he can actually carry games, right? Um, and he played a game of Karma, I think. I mean, we did the same. Yeah, right? we, uh, we I remember Kev saying uh, he was shit-talking... Uh, uh, Perks on, on the yeah. show, and then yep. the first game yeah. he looks in karma. He looks in karma. It's like imagine trash yeah. talking someone and walking in karma mid first game. You know, go like, down. Oh god. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so do you you feel like just with the players they had, like that 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 was their best strategy, but it, they were just stuck in a position where they had to draft a, a specific way, and it was just easy for you guys to exploit it. Mm, I think so. Um, it just the meta was in our favor for sure for this finals. Uh, the meta, AD carry meta, blah, 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 like, not necessarily. I think top lane has, has always been in a good state. And the champion pool reflects that, right? Like, Wait, you, you really told me top lane sucks. Yeah, but like the thing is, like people say that, but like if you can play three different styles of champions in the lane, there's no way this lane is bad. You know, you can play Camille, you can play Fiora as carries, as two examples. You can play Vladimir, you can play Swain, you can play Mages top, and you can play Tanks top, right? You have everything, at least like the most thing. Like, bruisers were always kind of iffy in that patch, I admit. But Camille's kind of a bruiser, Gangplank's kind of a bruiser, and these champions yeah. are staple top laners in the meta, right? But I can't play Aatrox. <laughs> yeah, but that's top what I'm saying. Like, it's just like, and that's where you're wrong. <laughs> it's like, is because people don't get the option, they think the lane sucks. But the lane's actually been good, you know? Like, there was so much focus on the entire split on the carry top laners and Gangplank and Camille. It's just like, yeah, sure, they're the only ones that can work. But they're there! Like, they're the most oppressive, too. I mean, we had Ryze top lane in other regions. Yeah, sure. showed up in Korea Swain, a lot. Vladimir, like, the, these have all been staples through the entire meta. And sure, Orn and Shen and, and Sion, they kind of drown out the pool sometimes because you have to pick them into each other, right? They're good matchups, and you have to match them with how the game works. Because tanks are just good. You need tanks in League of Legends to to form a good team comp, at least, mm. like, in any in any game, really. You need a tank, right? It's just useful to have one. That's the problem, I guess. Yeah, that's yeah. what people don't like because tanks are generally not as fun to play. And you get flamed if you don't draft a tank and then can't execute the yeah, split yeah, push yeah, comp. Yeah. Everyone is you know, oh, this team suck. What's exactly. going on? And then like just draft the tank with engage, and then it's much yeah. easier to play the game. <laughs> and then we get tanks. Joey, uh, random side question: uh, <laughs> Are we close to seeing Renekton? <laughs> being viable in pro play? Well, you'd have to ask people, but I don't uh, think so. I don't. Hmm. You're the old Renekton yeah, man. Yeah, he's the Renekton guy. Um, I don't think he's a bad champion necessarily. It's just, again, I don't feel like he has a place in the meta. I don't think his matchups, like... 
I don't think his matchups are good enough, and I don't think the whole, you know, go level 3, dive top lane is a, is a thing with the current junglers, though it's possible. It's just, if Elise shows up, I'm sure Renekton, you know, her buddy Renekton will... will showing up and playing. Yeah, that's my that's point. All like, I'm I, saying. I, I'm sure the champion has room. I think Conqueror, like, even press the attack Renekton was good enough, you know? Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot of damage. Yeah, yeah, he hurts. Like, he's still Renekton, but it's just, like I said, if you're playing against this tank, if you don't get, like monster ahead and can get something out of it, he'll still just be a tank and he's gonna do tank things. And what tank things do is they tank your team and kill them too. I think, you know, Ornn for example, that champion does a little too much damage sometimes. That's, that's a small problem. That is a small problem, I guess. Like, and I don't think that tanks shouldn't deal damage, don't get me wrong, it's just... The way they're balanced, they always have utility at all points of the game, whereas imagine a situation where the Renekton falls behind, it's over. Like, you actually almost can't win. If the tank wins side lane, which is actually sometimes realistic, the enemy team literally, they can't play the game because their side laner can't push and they can't group and fight either because the other the other top laner will straight out perform them. Hmm. Question for you, Youngberg, regarding Fnatic and this split. Uh, you guys play a lot of late game. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, very fair. Yeah, yeah. you guys obviously use that as your main win condition yeah. uh, during the split. Was that just because it gave... Uh, easier wins in Europe or because you felt like that was actually the best way overall to play the game? I don't think it's the best way to play overall, but it was indeed because we just analyzed the European teams and said they were not good enough to finish uh, end games. So I have a philosophy that there are three ways you can draft. You can draft with a philosophy that the enemy team is not good enough to close out games, then you just play late game. The second one is you draft with a philosophy that you're better than the opponent, and then you just draft a very balanced composition and go even into the game. And then you have the drafts where you say, I am a good team, or we are a good team. Okay. And then you draft like Misfits does. Right, yeah, with yeah, the yeah. Tower, on, yeah. On the clock, you know. Yeah, on the clock. On the clock. With, Important yeah. power spikes yeah. to hit. I like that, that's interesting. Yeah, it's a good way to look at I it. I like the three different draft styles. I feel like there's a lot of teams that overuse the we're a good team, and a lot of teams that overuse the let's go late game but I don't think it's always because they uh, they believe that they're the better team. I, I think, think what's just... important if you go the go for the I go for late game draft is that you actually have carries that will outperform late game. Because if you're drafting late game against a team that just has better like better players in the late game, it doesn't matter that he's like playing a champion that maybe does a hundred damage per second less. You know, like if he's playing Varus, it doesn't matter that you have Sivir if if your player isn't as good. Mm -hmm. Because uh, the thing in League of Legends that, that people have is that you have outscaling, but it's always to a certain extent, and you know, like that's why I think in certain regions virus is very popular. And in Korea, for example, it's, it's mm. been popular throughout the split. Yep. Because it's not like virus will get outscaled to the point where he can't kill anybody. Nope. No, he no, will no. still be killing champions. It's just compared to the crit ADs at six items, of course he won't be as useful. Of course he won't bring the same amount of DPS. But that's what I'm saying is, is if you have the better player on the virus, he's likely going to deal more damage than the other guy anyway, even if he gets outscaled. And and now he just builds crit himself. Yeah, like now it's so crit. now he just joins the crit yeah, and carries. Woo. Weird spot on that champion right now. So the other thing I want to talk about, speaking of good players, hmm. you come in, you win, you give an interview, you're right. now the best top laner right. in Europe, according in your eyes. And now look, like I, I'm not going to agree or disagree with that statement, but I will say that. There were a lot of people who were upset by that right, statement. Right. I remember one splice analyst coming in and be like, "This is unfair, yeah, it's ridiculous." Yeah. And, Clearly mm. stirred up some controversy there. Right, right. Why don't you run me run me through? Well, Number first one. first of all, right. Um, eight months before I won the finals, I was playing in the LCL, the Russian League, and I played relegations. So, you know, I lost. Well, I won the relegations, but I went down there. And then my dream from that point was always to play in the LCS. 
fast forward eight months, I just won the finals. I'm going to I'm gonna be a little cheeky, you know? Like, that feels really good, especially with all the people that were, like, there cheering for me. That that, that does something to you. And the... For getting an ego. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, of course. Like, how can you not, right? Like, everyone, like, bigs up the other top laner, and then it turns out that, you know... I don't think he played particularly good that 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 series. I think that if you look at it from a very uh, rough standpoint in, in terms of just impact, I think he had almost none. You know, I, I never had the feeling like, oh, you know, like Wonder's roaming. I need to like be very careful. Or he's going to kill my teammates. No, every time he moved, like nothing happened. Really, nothing happened. He was on a tank twice as well, which was not yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was just his, you know, uh, like he's playing Orn and he yeah. doesn't find the fights. Um, and and that's fine. No, that's a team thing. Don't get me wrong. It's not like you know, like the best Orn player in the world will always find a good fight. There's no way. It's not how the game works. But you know, I had the feeling I played a better set there. To say I'm the best top player in EU is obviously, it's it's exaggeration. You know, they're still all fiery, they're still Vizichachi, they're still Oduamne, they're all really good players I didn't so get us. to play against. Yeah, but he's on my team, right? <laughs> like, like, when I said that, I think the biggest the amount of controversy came from the fact that I, like, had him as an afterthought, right? Because, again, he's on my team. I don't see someone on my team as straight competition. I don't feel like I have to beat Soaz. No, I just have to be different. Because we're on the same team, and if I want to be an asset to Fnatic, I need to be able to do things that Soaz can't. And that doesn't mean I need to be better better than him. It just means that I need to bring some form of merit that isn't Soaz. Because I already explained this. Is I don't want to be Soaz version 2. Because if I'm Soaz version 2, why wouldn't they just play Soaz? An injury. That's, that's the only question. reason. Yeah. <laughs> An injury. That's the only injury, reason. But... <laughs> so I just want to be my own player. And um, that comes into the thing of the, the mentality thing, the mentor thing. Soa's been a mentor to me. Sure, in a way. Like, he's helped. But mostly we're just discussing gameplay. You know, like, what do we think? Is this champion good? Is that good? Like, discussing what to go on, what champion, what build. And mentor, I think Joey and Dylan, really. They have done the most for me in terms of mentality going into the game. Like, the first thing Joey told me when I was going on stage at the first game is, you know, you don't have to do any, anything special. If you just play the game and farm... I'm sure you'll be fine. Yeah. Like, you know, you don't have to like do anything special. You don't have to like be the next Khan. It doesn't matter. As long as you play a good, consistent game of League of Legends, you will win. And that's what matters. And I remember that game. Cyan top lane logged yeah, in. Yeah. Caps went top lane on yeah, Talia yeah. like five times. They got a bunch of kills on... Who was it? Who was the top lane? A poor guy on Shen. White Knight. <laughs> was it White Knight on oh. Shen? He didn't, die, he didn't yeah. die too much. on the ground yeah, on yeah, that yeah. top lane. I think he died twice. I mean, he... Like, my experience from that, and I think that um, it also relates to the planes from Masai, is that I felt like when I was playing on Fnatic in the regular split, I felt that our players were just generally stronger. So they they needed some of the lanes to step up and straight up outperform our lanes in the laning phase. So they just needed to get a huge advantage and basically just start roaming and carrying the game from the beginning of the game. Or we would just win. Like later on in the fights, I didn't feel like we our players were beatable. You know, I, I didn't feel like in any stage or any team in the ULCS could straight up take us on in a 5v5 and outperform Caps and Reckless, for example. Mm -hmm. You know, outperform Hillisang in, in terms of playmaking. Uh, it's... That's just how I felt, and that feeling is really powerful, right? Because you, you you don't feel any pressure, and a lot of people tried to put pressure on me, but there really wasn't any. And to a certain extent, that was kind of sad, because I felt like even if I lost the finals, I would be like, I tried, but whatever, you know? I didn't feel part of the, the road necessarily, because I didn't play those 18 games of the regular split like everybody else did. I played two of them. 
you know, and 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 at the end of the day, I think even if we lost them, we still would have been first place, you know. Yep. So to me, there was very little pressure, and it was somewhat sad in the sense that even if we lost, I wouldn't have even like felt too bad for myself rather than my teammates, you know, because they would be devastated because this was the, this was their chance. Don't get me wrong, we we grabbed the chance. Uh, we we showed up, and I'd like. MSI to be the same in the sense that we can show up and, and live up to expectations. I'm not sure where the expectations lie and how good we are because we just haven't played against any of uh, the other international teams, right? Like, I don't think we've played against China or Korea yet because they, they weren't here yet. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think the biggest thing is uh, I don't have too many, I don't have too much pressure on me because I'm just playing the game. You know, I always just told myself going into the finals is... Uh, I got picked up as a substitute because I was good at playing the game. And that was from Solo Queue, I guess. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, did you join? Were you part of picking him up? No, or? he actually joined before I did. Yeah. You can't yeah. even take credit for it. Yeah. I'm actually not even sure who like picked me up, but the idea for me was that I can just play the game, just play Solo Queue. And one of the biggest things that helped me mentally with the team in the sense that I deserve to be here, I deserve to play the finals, is that. Teams have the, opp the opportunity to go for an emergency substitute, but I didn't even have the feeling that anybody even thought about it. You know, like the, nobody even thought about, you know, maybe getting Kikis or, or whatever free agent top laner instead of me and playing in the finals. No, it was just like, oh, we have this guy. He's been playing with us and he's always just performed over the course of the, sp the split in the games that he got. So we're okay, you know. Nobody, yeah. like, I didn't have the feeling that anybody, like, was at night, like, stayed up and like, oh, God damn it, we have to play with Whippo instead of Soaz. You know, we're going to lose now because of that. I had the feeling that it was like, yeah, let's go win. This is where yeah, Joey yeah. drops yeah. the bomb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be really awkward. The Polish league, you know, very, very tight schedule. But yeah, you know, you, 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 know, like, you know, maybe even expect, you know, like, yeah. It's just, there was yeah. no mention of even thinking about getting anybody else. Yeah. Everyone was like, can you confirm this, Joey? I remember the day you were at a dentist over the mayor's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Yeah. Turns out we can't get con. So yeah, we yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How is this entire thing for, from your point of view now with obviously working? Because uh, you had the chance with expecting Kikis on G2 right. for a couple of weeks. I guess it was before Kikis. Which did not up, go very well. Yeah. Which did not go yeah. very well. Yeah. Now you had a new chance with a, a top lane sub situation. How was that from your perspective? Yeah, so first of all, Soas was really open to it. Like he wanted to substitute himself mm -hmm. as well. So that, that was, that's the first thing, right? Because Kikis didn't want a right, substitute. Yeah. It was forced on him. Um... And at the start, uh, I didn't really take Bipo that seriously as an in-house salvage. Yeah. Substitutes have never been taken very seriously in Europe and NA. But he actually proved himself slowly and slowly. And we just wanted to actually build him up and give him some stage time. And at the time of playoffs, it was very clear we we're going to start Soas. But if things go south, we can actually put in Bipo. Um, yeah, and then Soas broke his hand. And five minutes later, I'm telling Bipo, hey, you're playing the finals and semifinals. Damn, that's intense. And... I mean, it's, it led to like a huge moment and a big moment, especially for you, Young Buck. I mean, winning the fifth title, we kind of joked about it earlier, but like, how, how do you how do you feel now when you win an LCS title? Like, are you just like, are you just racking them up now? Is it like, what did it feel like when you won the first one versus versus now when you win the fifth one? How, how did you feel about that? How did you feel about that? So moment? I think the first and the fifth one felt the most special because, I mean, I, I've always played relegations in Copenhagen Wolves, right? So winning the first one was very special. I mean, the Fischer knows, exactly. <laughs> hey, we're, yeah. we're the relegation kings right. here, man. <laughs> and after that, with G2, it became the expectation to win. So if you win, like someone would like tap you on the shoulder, like, good job, boy. And uh, now next split. It wasn't something special. 
Mm. But now with Fnatic, it was a new challenge, new team, and it was basically between me and Perks between setting that record. Yep. So it felt very special again. Probably even better than the first time I won. I like that. I like that a lot. Because obviously, um, when the split started, Fnatic had not won or been in a final for two years. Yeah. And then when you joined the team, I assume from the get-go, the goal was like from the management as well, win EU LCS. Or was it just like, oh, just like, it top four is fine. It was literally like, Youngbook, you're here now. It, it, we need to win. Uh, my goal was to be the best team in the West. In the so West. So that also means you have to win the EU LCS, right? <laughs> yeah. Probably a good start. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was my personal goal. And uh, I know management wants to get top four at Worlds. Um, so it's also very ambitious, but okay. I think we're working on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, taking steps. We'll see yeah. how MSI goes. Now, we, we have been kind of... there's. A lot of people came in with Twitter questions, and I want to say some of them we already had planned to ask. And if you've heard your question already, uh, I, like, I hope we're hitting a lot of them. But one specifically uh, from a guy called Bloodhands, nice, uh, at Bloodhandsfin asked, uh, did you join, to you, Joey, to you, Young Buck, uh, specifically, did you join a winning team or did you make this team a winning team? I think I made, uh, I think I joined a winning team and made them winninger. <laughs> like, right? Nice, right? Uh, I mean, we'll quote that. Yeah, there's a lot of individual talent in the team. It's very clear, and I just think I provided some tools to help them actually win the title. But maybe they could have done it without me as well. Like, God knows. See, I mean, based on last year, where there were a lot of great talent on Fnatic, and you were obviously on the other side with yeah. G2. You looked at Fnatic and you saw. Uh, Reckless and Caps and these guys, and you were probably saying these are really good players. Yeah. But they didn't really function when it came to the really important games and staying, you know, focused, not tilt. You know, Reckless talked about this on the podcast already. So what was it that changed when you joined in terms of this mindset where the players would no longer just collapse if something went wrong? You know, I wish I had the answer. Like, I know I have like I have, I have a system in macro, right? So when you're actually in the game, you know what to do. Like bot tower falls, okay. Right, we right, know right. what what's gonna happen in the next three minutes, and then if that tower, the next tower falls, then we know what's gonna happen after that and after that. So that is pretty simple. You can do that if you're tilted or not. And other than that, we have werewolves and just a really good team atmosphere, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Like I think the atmosphere is just really good. And mm. even though everyone is very different, and you have to approach very, mm -hmm. everyone very differently, it's just everyone is good friends, and uh, there's not as much tilt. So you're not like grabbing each player individually between games and like giving them a little pep talk and stuff and they, they focus oh, again. No. Werewolves. Werewolves is yeah, the pep talk. <laughs> it's car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think what's really important is uh, our team atmosphere and, and how we approach our practice in the sense that we play like every other team, six scrims or like six games of scrims. Uh, but afterwards, um, our entire team's playing solo queue. All six of us are in our practice room playing at least like four hours of solo queue straight after our scrims and that's every day so like in our off days nobody's like missing from the office everyone's sitting there playing solo queue for at least a few hours and i, I think that builds up a good feeling because mm -hmm. uh, it's a culture right 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 yeah. of course and i think tilt can come from a lot of things like for example if you have the feeling that one of your teammates isn't practicing enough in solo queue and then he makes a mechanical misplay on on stage. That's mm -hmm. gonna that's gonna burn, you know. It's gonna be like ah, you know, like if this guy just practiced more, maybe he would have hit that. And that can just create like the spiral of bad thoughts and just make you feel worse and worse and worse about it. And like oh, you know, like maybe I shouldn't be putting this much effort if my teammates can't keep up to it and blah blah blah. And, and then this doesn't exist in our team. It just doesn't because everybody is putting in more than the necessary hours. And I think that culture is what makes our team win. 
Because Dylan even said it in, in the middle of the split, you know, like we looked at the ladder and it was like, oh, we have like five players in top 25 of the solo queue ladder. And that doesn't necessarily mean much. But the fact that you have a team that all has these players high in the solo queue ranking whilst playing six games of scrims a day just means that you have like, you're just going to win, you know, like you have the best players. So it's really hard not to, as long as you just keep that balance, you keep that atmosphere up and you keep just the grind on. And uh, I think that's, the advantage we have over other LCS teams. I'm not sure how it is for other LCS teams because I don't have much experience, but from what I can tell, I don't see other teams being as... I mean, as busy on the ladder, I guess. Like, mm -hmm. Not everybody's playing as much solo queue. And sure, there's like, you know, like maybe X team has like three players that play every day, like four hours, five hours, six hours a day of solo queue, but not all five. Yeah, that's and in our thing. case, that's... all six. And that's big. I think, I mean... We've heard different approaches to that because, like, one thing, um, one thing that comes up is that issue where people mm -hmm. feel like they're putting in variable work, and we've heard different right. different players and different coaches that have come onto the show talk about different solutions, whether it's kind of separating work and home and making sure that like people are more open about confrontation. And it seems like you guys have just avoided any of those issues altogether, just because literally everyone is on the same page and is just mm. grinding solo queue and is putting in mm. hours. Right. So I, I'm wondering, this is just to be a little bit negative here and kind of see what you guys think uh, are you guys riding high on the fact that from the get-go when this split started you guys were winning games and you have not been in a huge slump yet which tends to hit certain teams because if like typically players are really motivated to grind a lot and keep on a positive spirit when you keep winning a lot uh this is obviously probably hard to answer but like have you guys had moments where you felt like, okay, now we've actually been losing six scrims in a row, and still after that, people were feeling great and, and ready to to to, to work? <laughs> it happened this week, actually. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we went one and six, right? And then afterwards, yeah. everyone was just one laughing. and six. Yeah, it was one yeah. and six. So like, you have to imagine it's not even six games. Like, we had to like, we had to stop one of the games because it was so bad, and then we played another one. So we played seven games, we went one and six. But yeah, it's just I think. It, it really depends. I think it depends on why we lose. And, and I think our team, we never lose because of like individual skill. Because I think that's a really big deal. Because if you feel like you're losing because you're not playing the map well, or you're not like you're losing because of the draft, or your, your, your macro game isn't very good, you can always fix that. At least people have the feeling that you can fix that. But if you're losing because one of your players just keeps getting smashed, then true. You know, that's much harder to fix. Mm. And that creates a lot more tilt, I think. Do you do you think that like this is a test that you guys haven't really had yet though? Because I mean, this one mm. day where you've lost six scrims, I mean, you can go in and smash the next day. Do you do you feel like you? Because we've seen a lot of teams. I think Vitality is the most immediate example of the season mm. where they started on on such a high and then they, they right, slumped right, right, right. so hard. Do you feel like you've had that test where you've really like hit the lowest the team morale can hit? I don't think we've had the biggest test yet, which is MSI based on experience. But we've had a small test when we were two and two in the first two weeks and. Mm -hmm. uh, the critics are already saying that uh, maybe it won't be a G2 Fnatic final, and yeah. uh, we, we gotta pass narratives <laughs> here, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gi Giants and uh, Fatality uh, for uh, 2018. Yeah, okay, yeah, train, but yeah. I understand. There are many fans who are like vultures for Fnatic news, either, and they're just they're ready. The second right. they think you guys are going down, they're like, just ready to leap on that. Mm. Yeah, but uh, MSI, at least based on last year, you're gonna lose games that you think you're not going to lose. And how you handle that is going to be very crucial for the next games because, I mean, you play 10 best of ones in mm -hmm. five days. So if you get tilted on the first day because you lose to RNG with a good draft, you know, and then you lose to the playing team after that because you're tilted, then things spiral really fast. Yeah. Right. And I mean, I think that's, I think 
I hope that like that's not I hope that that's not an issue for you guys like right as as an EU pundit that, that that's something we can see you guys overcome but I think that is like one of the few questions that remains to be answered for this Fnatic lineup because we've seen I think so much from from this team over the course of the split but similar to your question earlier about like how they were drafting trying to figure out if that was how Fnatic have to play or how Fnatic want to play I think this is the other thing that's like the last question that separates you from being you know a really good team to like a, a really great team yeah I mean for me personally the the way you guys were drafting and playing in the EU LCS leaves me with a lot of questions for MSI specifically and obviously we're going to talk a lot more about MSI later as well but just when you talk about the individual part how all the players can keep up no one is getting smashed you know I looked in at MSI suddenly and I just picture a world King Zone shows yep. up Whippo is in the starting <laughs> yeah, lineup and, uh, Khan t- takes the J smacks yeah, him yeah, with yeah. the hammer he dies a few times <laughs> yeah, and then, well, we all the same and being like huh that, yeah, that might be a bit of a problem right there, <laughs> yeah. you know, but uh, we obviously don't know if that's going to happen, so... Well, the thing is, is uh, I'm a Jace player myself, so I have a, uh, I have a good idea of what to, to what to do against him, but it's also a matter <clears throat> a matter of draft as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, don't give the team that opportunity, I think, is really important, you know, like, I think we communicate that very clearly, you know, like, <laughs> Dylan, don't give Pina Olaf, just don't, <laughs> you know, it can, be, it can be a 9-1 matchup, just... Try your hardest not to do it. For example, you know, like, I don't think that's anything special or uh, I'm leaking anything specifically there. It's yeah, just it's a pretty common one, right? Dylan is going to watch this and yeah, talk yeah, with you. Like, oh, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Why would you let Pina know his Olaf is that good? Yeah, yeah. <sighs> you know, it's, I think it's, when you're playing against a team that is considered better than you, like, throw them off a little, you know? Like, yeah. Joey brings it up sometimes. Like, if you keep losing to the same team, just stop playing League of Legends. You know, like, start... Yeah. Doing something different, whatever it is, do something yeah. different. You know, like whether it is, you know, you just... no. What, what I say is that I want to go into MSI and play how we right, play right, right. because if you lose to Kingzone at MSI, you know, it's not the end of the world, but you can learn a lot from it if yeah. you actually play what you're you're good at. I'm not saying draft three losing lanes against Kingzone, but I don't want to see a Falcos Draven in the bot lane and then afterwards like lose and then say we did not get anything from this experience. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you're in a best of five against Kingzone right. and you're zero two, then it's really time to say, guys, we're not going to play League of Legends against these guys <laughs> right? anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what we're going to play, but we're gonna, not going to play this game anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's good, yeah, because we see a lot of teams just do the same thing and keep losing. Yeah, I know. Kingzone is Kingzone, you know. Like, all these players, like, they seem so good, but like in the same, in the same vein, I feel like I don't think every role gets out uh, outskilled. I think that sure. I think I can admit, like, if I would play against Khan, that Khan is a better player than me. We're like, gonna uh, hit all of King Zone here, here in a little bit when we talk about MSI. I want to save a little something for, to keep the viewers baited. You yeah. Because yeah, now yeah. you started. Now oh, they yeah, want to know yeah, where yeah, they yeah. Yeah. We call this clickbait. Right. We're better than Khan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll hold That's on. the narrative now. No, yeah. I'm the best player in the world. Best top player in the yeah, world. Yeah. Right. We cannot lose. <laughs> yeah, I'm on the team. There you go. So something we've been kind of talking about in general right now is uh, the level of Europe. Since we've already hit on it a little bit, I just kind of want to formally ask, like, who do you guys feel like is your closest competitor? Because from everything we've said, clearly Fnatic is the top, currently uncontested in that case. But who's actually chasing your heels, or who do you think will be chasing your heels in the future? I think we've been saying from the start it should be Misfits. I mean, until they finish seventh, right? Like, that was the team we didn't want to... (laughs) (laughs) I hate them so much! They're so annoying! There were a few victory laps in our house when they uh, finished seventh. We were really really, uh, making fun of it. And really happy because we didn't have to play them in playoffs. Right. Um, Because we felt that was the team that could beat us. Also, we respected Vitality a ton. Mm -hmm. uh, Just because they exploited our weaknesses in the regular split, even though we went one-on-one, somehow it felt like it was a zero-two. Yeah. Yeah. 
That was zero two. Yeah. That was zero two. Camp yeah. caps. A mental zero two. Yeah. So when we get closer to summer, do you feel like this that we will have a closer summer season? Are are those guys going to like level up and catch up and be able to outpace maybe a little bit since they? Or do you th- or do you feel like it's still just going to be fanatically at the top? Maybe we'll have that playoff with misfits and vitality, but still fanatic winning it out. I mean, I think the biggest thing that people overlook is that we went fourteen and four. But even the games that we lost, like the game we lost against H2K at the start, the two games we lost against Minsfits, these could have been wins, right? Like one play could have gone in our favor and it would have been a win. And then you'd be looking at a 17-1 team. And that's a lot scarier than 14-4 to me at least. Like even 16-2, it's like, whoo, these guys almost don't lose. I also want to counter-argue that because we've definitely had some wins. Yeah, we may have been 8K down in 20 minutes, I think, yeah. like in G2, for example. And, yeah, uh, there's, there's yeah. been both, but... Um, I just got shut down. But it's yeah, all, yeah. Yeah, that's fair enough. It's always player mathematics, right? If this would happen, we would have won this one. Yeah, but yeah, never, yeah, they yeah, never yeah, think yeah, if we yeah. didn't do this, we would have lost. Because I, I don't play them. If I play yeah. the game, I remember the mistake. You know, even like, right now in the finals, I know I fucked up at least twice. You know, like <laughs> it was like it wasn't even minute five and I died. You know, like come on, <laughs> I, I fucked up. It, it is very interesting in Europe there because the last two years we obviously had G two kind of sitting uh, on top and now Fnatic and. It's often felt like, at least going into playoffs, that we had one team a level above the rest. Now, I'm not saying that team couldn't lose, because we saw yeah. G2 obviously lose, uh, almost lose like to Spice in that quarterfinal, mm. and we also had some close, somewhat close series against Fnatic in the past. But we we often have one team that does stand a bit above uh, for different reasons. G2 I always felt like it was more. They were like just that smart team that had super reliable bot lane. You can always win BU5s. Uh, and then, like, Trick and Perks was obviously also a pretty good mid-jungle duo to have in Europe. Where with Fnatic, in this case, it was more, uh, to me at least, like, they just have the best carries possible. And they are a team that fully understands how to utilize those carries. And the other teams in Europe are not, like, good enough at certain parts of the game to fully exploit it. Like, none of the teams are super clean at getting early leads and then winning the game. Because G2 and Vitality could win early game against you guys, but not always close the game. Uh, if they had been fantastic at doing that, we could have seen a team maybe beat Fnatic in a best of five. Uh, but that obviously was not the case, which is why you guys ended up also 3-0 the final. And Misfits was one of the teams where you could say these guys in the past could have been smart enough on a macro level to bring uh, potentially a huge challenge, but then they didn't make playoffs. So it made, obviously, you guys really stand out, and it looked like no team actually had a complete counter to Fnatic and I'm not sure they're going to have that for summer split. I don't know. I think a big thing of Misfits underperforming so much is that they had a really good international result. And I've had this experience about MSI mm-hmm. that after you have had a really good result and you reach your goals as an individual player, your motivation is going to drop really low or your arrogance is going to rise very high and both lead to a lot of catastrophic uh, <laughs> failure. Um, if you remember G2 in the start of the summer last year, it was atrocious. Oh, yeah. Um, slow start. One in five at Rift Rivals, I believe, as well. Um but uh, hopefully they get back on the horse now. Well, no, hopefully not for Fnatic yeah. and the fans, right? But usually a loss motivates way more than a win does, like than mm-hmm. performing good. I think performing very good internationally or domestically is a way bigger threat than not making your goal. Do you guys need Misfits and other teams to be better for you to keep improving? 
I don't think so. No, I think the way we've been approaching the game, we don't. It doesn't really matter. I mean, we need individuals that don't get solo killed at level three every game. Uh, oh, yeah, nice. we've, we've seen that a bit this week, right? The screams. <laughs> so, that, but then you, you can't practice anymore. So we do need a team that has really strong individuals where you can actually play League of Legends against. And then it doesn't really matter if they are clown fiesta team or if they have really good macro, as long as you can practice what you are trying to improve on. It's it's whatever. Yeah, and I think I mean. It's good to hear for Fnatic fans, I think, that you can continue to improve because the, the frequent problem that we hear about from a team that's a top team that remains a top team is that it's really hard to improve within the context of your own region because no one is pushing you. But the fact that you've developed a system where, yes, it, albeit you are relying on people not to get solo killed at level 3, does sound like a healthy healthy step and a bit of progress. Um, and now looking at, with you guys as, as a solidified top team in Europe, what is the level, do you think, of Europe overall if we start to look internationally, if we start to compare across regions? How do we feel about it? Because I think the big thing this year, right, was all the exports, all the players, a lot of names leaving. And I think there are still a lot of European fans, especially as we come to MSI, maybe worried about how Europe's going to perform. It's kind of difficult for me to say because I didn't get to play all these players. Um, but overall, I think that I have a... It's difficult for me to say because I feel like I have... Fnatic has the advantage of having those two carries, right? We have uh, Captain Reckless and... Like I said earlier, uh, at a certain stage, they're going to outperform everybody else in the region in a team fight, for example, yeah. or or even in the laning phase. They're just going to outperform you unless like it's a really bad situation for them. And I don't feel like it's reliable to create those bad situations often enough for us to be challenged at the point, like in our current point in time. Uh, and I think that kind of like ties into the play-ins for MSI as well. I feel like. Uh, you know, like Supermaster and Gambit are doing really well because they have the, that advantage in those lanes. And it's the same for us in Europe, I feel, is, is that our carries don't get challenged. Or like they're... When they get challenged, it usually hits a point where the other laners can't keep up. Like they, the other players can't just deal more damage or be more effective uh, in, in team fights, for example. Because that's how we won, right? That's how we got here and that's how we won is by, the, by team fighting like that. Because that's just what it was. I feel like... It's not like they don't have the talent individually. It's just something that like comes together for us as a team. We have two stronger carries, and I think the other roles aren't necessarily as impactful, even though they might be equally good. Like, for example, top laners. I think there's plenty of really good top laners in Europe, don't get me wrong. Uh, and honestly, I think there would have been a different final if people banned Swain. I know that meme died, really. Like, that meme died. Uh -huh. I'm going to bring it back alive. But, like, G2 got Swain, I believe, against Spice, like, what, two or three times? Yep. Yeah. We got Swain against Vitality two or three times. Yeah. You know, like, I, I think that actually skewed the, the end. Like, that skewed the, the finals, right? Like, I think it would have been a different finals if, 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 if people actually respected this champion. Mm -hmm. But overall, like, the entire level of Europe... Uh, Ignoring the Swain, because I think I think that champion actually like I think it, 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 I thought we were gonna ignore it. Yeah, but respectfully, <laughs> I think Vitality Fnatic would have been a better finals. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, we had a, it was a good semifinal. Yeah, no, 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 it was good. It's just they gave Swain away. What about Fnatic Splice? I think it would have been a three-zero. I think it would have been yeah. a three-zero as well. They were not a bad team though. I think stylistically they were. Like, they had a few ways of competing with us. You know, with the range support thing and, and, and then the hyper-carry AD. Uh, but, yeah, it's just, it's difficult to say, right? Like, the way it happened, it was all around, I think the teams are fine. 
I just think that they have certain gimmicks. Mm. I think that's the biggest problem in Europe. They have gimmicks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like things you can abuse. Exactly. Well, for example, Splice relying on having their range supports, yeah, like yeah. playing the Zillion and the Lulu. It's just if you play this team in a best of five, they're not going to get away with that. Like, yeah, you can you can easily adjust to that in the draft phase. They did first pick Braum for Kassane <laughs> yeah, in, yeah, in the yeah. third place game. Yeah. You know, it's a change. Yeah. And what was really sad is we scrimmed them for a week or two before the semis, and they were playing almost exclusively melee supports, and then they go into <laughs> into the best of five, and <laughs> back to the Lulu, yeah, Jana, yeah, yeah. It was, and they were actually doing pretty well on it too. Yeah. Now we got we got a Twitter question that fits this topic also about international level. Uh, it's uh, it's it's from. I think it's it's a Chinese fangirl. Uh, her name is First Curran, I, oh, I believe. That Chinese fangirl. Yeah, that Chinese fangirl. You guys, of course, might know her. She's casting at the LPL uh, at the moment. And she asked um, if you think some of the other European teams could perform well internationally based on what we saw in the spring split if we sent G2 or Splice or Vitality. Yeah, let's just say the split is Worlds and we sent three, mm. or, or MSI was Worlds and we sent three teams. How, how do you think it would work out? I think other European teams would not do well against RNG and Team Liquid. But if you if you do it a world kind of thing where you send RC2 against RC2, I think it would be pretty even. Okay. Um, but I don't think any other European team would have much of a chance against like Team Liquid or RNG or, or Kingzone, you know. <laughs> Quick reason why? Individually, macro, everything. I don't, I, I don't, <laughs> for me, it's mostly the gimmicks. Like really, this is this makes it so so much easier to play against these teams because you know they're 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 gonna want to do that, and either you ha you know they're gonna do it. And you have your strategy against it, or you stop them from doing it, and they're just strictly worse at what like that's not their gimmick. Yeah. Like, like G two, for example, like they want to carry top right. You take them off of that, they're just worse than mm -hmm. with it, right? And um, vitality as well. You know, just send three people to the top lane. That that was yeah. their gimmick. I mean, yeah, the gimmick was uh, the Talia Olaf, and yeah, she yeah, gave yeah. it to them every game. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And just, we're just like, yeah, you know, it's fine. I'll just survive. You know, like, did you tell me? You know, just survive. <laughs> the Whippo lifestyle there in the top lane, just survive. You yeah, don't have to be that's, that's what the. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what we just did the entire way through. I think so. Fnatic can compete, and we kind of we talked a lot more about Europe and, and how Fnatic is definitely still at the top of Europe, and, and specifically why. But how did Young Buck, I think you're probably the most experienced person here. Uh, maybe Deficio also because of just how many international events you've casted and looked at teams. But like, how are we actually looking in terms of shaping up year to year? Like, if we compare the Fnatic that we are sending to this MSI, how do we compare to the G2 uh, of last year? Uh, very similarly, and much better than 2016 uh, run. <laughs> um, I think we're playing to reach the finals again. If I if I look at the scrims we had against Team Liquid and I've studied a bit of RNG, I would say we're slightly better. But not good enough that I would say, yeah, we're going to do zero these guys. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like it could even be a zero or two. Like, but I think we're slightly better. And if we're given a best of five against these teams, we'll probably win three one three two. That's my opinion. Sure. Um, but I wouldn't say that one region is much better than the other, other than Korea, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, but Kingzone, we don't really. Yeah. Kingzone, <laughs> a little, a little bit better. So Kingzone included, we'll just leave that gap over there, and I won't ask the stupid gap is closing question. We'll leave Kingzone on their high horse. Uh, but the, do you feel like every other region is pretty close right now, at least, or or which regions are kind of falling behind? Because I so far LPL, EU LCS, and NALCS you've kind of mentioned, LMS down, not competing. How are they looking? Like, what's the status with the rest of the regions? I haven't watched much LP, uh, LMS, so I don't really know about them. But I've always felt like Flashwood was a very good team mm -hmm. and a very good screen partner because they were they had a very good macro, but they just were lacking individually. And if you're a smaller region, it's very hard to find people who can actually compete mm -hmm. with the mm -hmm. Caps, the Reckless, the the Khan. 
uh, Faker, BDD, you know. Um, I like that group you put together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think RNG is probably individually equal to us. Uh, I think it's fair to say. Maybe a lot, and a lot of people say they're also better than us. But I think their macro is lacking compared to EU and NA. Mm. And I think that NA is a little bit better macro than China. Different macro from EU, but not necessarily <laughs> better. We've definitely noticed some very different things from what we're used to when we scrim them. Mm -hmm. uh, which is really fun because you get to add these kind of things and like discuss them, right? Which is the yeah. greatest thing about MSI. You get to play these really good teams and then be like, wait a minute, we've never thought about it in this yep. way. Like, is this something we can add to our gameplay? And then it's almost unfair for the rest of the teams in Europe because we get this opportunity and they don't. Hopefully you bring it back to Europe and they learn from it and yeah. they can also improve. Yeah. No, no, last year we learned a lot from playing against SKT. We scrimmed them, we played them on stage, right? And, mm -hmm. and we were like, oh, wow, okay, this is something we can definitely do better. And now we've been scrimming Team Liquid and there were specific things were like, oh, we didn't know you could make a comeback play like that. Like, that's very yeah. interesting. How do we stop it and how do we copy this? Yeah. It's, it's a really fun thing to uh, experience. That's always the great thing about international uh, games. Even if you end up losing a lot of games on stage, you know, from the outside, it's all terrible. Everyone is flaming you for, for dropping games. But as a team, there's obviously a lot to always pick up, especially also when you get to play teams like Kingzone, because we always hear this every single time. Like mm -hmm. when you face mm -hmm. one of the best Korean teams or the best Korean team, there's just certain things they do that you just, you never, no one will ever do that to you in your own region. So you're not right. used to that kind of thing happening and how it can punish you. And then you see this team do it and you're just like, oh, okay. Apparently, if you do this, we just don't know what to do. We just lose. And yeah. you can actually do that yourself. How much, how much more do you learn when you play against those teams versus just, you know, let's say watch their VODs? Because Kings are obviously a good team. You can go back and watch all their games in the regular season. Is it that teams play differently in scrims that helps you learn more from them? Or is it just that you get to experience it firsthand? I think it's really experiencing your own system or your way of your playing and communicating against their system. Because we watch Kingzone, we watch KT, and I'm sure there's people who've watched thousands of competitive games, but they don't have the skill of those mm -hmm. teams, right? So just watching these teams or studying them doesn't make you a good team. Uh, and I think having the ability to play against the teams gives you such a big opportunity to actually learn from them and see where they crush you and where you can actually maybe crush them, right? Yeah, it looks to be the case. Uh, to kind of round out this discussion before we look ahead towards MSI, do you have any... Korea is the clear number one. Just say that from the start. You talked about the potential to go back and forth with a lot of these teams. You could 2-0 them, you could 0-2 them, the best of five where you're really confident. If it comes down to it, if it was all best of fives, who do you actually think is the strongest region after Korea right now? Europe. Thank you. That's all. No, I bias. Need. <laughs> no bias. Thank you. That will be all. Uh, that's all I need to hear. <laughs> mm, Who's number three and number four then, though? Because I think it, we do have some NA listeners, and I think they'll want to hear. Not that you should just say NA for number three. I think that people will just be curious. But I got. No, it's a good question. I I, I don't know. I, I think NA has better macro than China, and I don't know how individually they stack up. I mean, I think it's a it's a matter of what the teams play. Because, um, for example, RNG has let me. He's on the, the dog duty. Like, I think, for example, if you match that with your own dog champion, the, you don't necessarily get too much value out of that. But if you're like a team like Kingzone that thrives off abusing people that pick like pick those champions, then um, that's going to be a, a bonus for you. And I'm not sure if Team Liquid gets that bonus because Impact has been the guy that's just, you know, he's picked it, he just picks it up and he lives on his island, right? Mm -hmm. And then he just, no matter what happens in his in his lane, he just shows up. Like, it doesn't matter if he got ahead or he, he, he fell behind, he shows up. 
And I think that's the strength of Liquid. And I'm not sure. I didn't watch enough of RNG yet because, again, I'm focused on the top lane. I'm trying to figure out what, what the top laners are doing different, what I can what I can learn from. But um, I think that's the biggest deal for MSI. It's only one It's one team. So if you have a good matchup against the other team in terms of what you like playing and how you like playing, I think that can play a lot in, in, in the rankings. Yeah, I mean, that's also why like rating regions going into MSI is so difficult because it's one team going. Right, exactly. Uh, yeah. So in this case, if Fnatic ends up going to the final, we can all dance and say Europe, you know, second greatest region, even though we don't know if our second best team could yeah, actually yeah, do anything. Yeah, which, exactly. which is why, of course, we have Rift Rivals to determine that's who is that. <laughs> to really yeah. solidly confirm. And I'm glad we'll have Rift Rivals for the first time because last year obviously never happened. And we didn't see any <laughs> Rift Rivals. And we're, of course, giving NA the customary handicap where we fly. Yeah, so we get uh, jet yeah, lag. That's yeah, super yeah. unfair, I think. Yeah. I mean, if we lose, that's our reason. <laughs> Not truly. We can prepare our excuses in advance. Now, interesting to hear, I think, I think the last thing on, on the table here is just MSI and just talking about yes, it because you're right. Might not be fair to uh, to rate some of those regions um, when it's just a single team attending. So let's just get into it. Let's talk about some of the teams going. Let's talk about Fnatic as they stand. Um, my first thing is you talk about these weaknesses of these exploits where, you know, Khan versus Let Me. Let Me could just get exposed because Khan thrives on that. Do you feel like from your prep that Fnatic has any of those weaknesses that, that you're concerned about? Whether you can share them or not, are there, are there things that you're worried about could be exploited? From my point of view, it's difficult to say because it hasn't happened yet. Um, I think it's possible, of course. Like That's what makes an international tournament fun, right? It's competition. Uh, I think every team can beat every team in that sense, and, and, and that plays a role into that. But as of now, I think as long as we stick to what we're good at and what we like doing and what we know will work, I don't think it's going to happen. But, you know, who knows, maybe pulls out Anasus again and, uh, you know. Hey. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Memories are alive. That dancing well, riff hell, man. Yeah, it's like, burning it's just, into my memory. Yeah, it's just. I had to cast that game. Yeah. Man. I was like, oh, no, please. It's this game. I guess what I'm saying, you know, like, from what I heard, it was expected. Like, Anasus was a pick in the Maokai at the time. Yeah. And, um, yeah. like, from what we know right now, you know, like, if I'm picking a champion, there's a, there are a few question marks in, in terms of what, what what can be good and what's going to be done. Because I think that's a, a really big thing about different regions is that generally there's a lot of champions that are pretty good, but certain regions have tendencies to pick others. Like, for example, NA had the hardcore tank meta. You know, they were on, Scion into Ornn into Trogat every game. Like, there was no exceptions. Nobody would, like, go out of their way to pick a Camille or pick... Like, they would just ban GP and then pick tanks. That's all they would do. Even though, you know, like the Swain, for example, could be pretty good into a tank or, or anything like this. So I'm not sure if other regions like have that right now. It looks like everybody's pretty much solidified on the on the tank meta, or at least were on the prior patch. Now that we have Conqueror, that could change. And obviously Conqueror makes a lot of champions viable or more viable. Do you actually think it's enough? Because just judging from masters mm. and play-ins... Uh... I have not seen a lot of Conqueror top laners just take right. over and become the meta. Yeah, but that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. I don't think so. But that doesn't right. mean Kingzone thinks that. Sure, yeah, yeah. You know, like, they can just be like, Jax. You know, like, this is the champion. He wins every lane. He does this and that. And, and maybe he, they, it does, you know. And maybe they have a style that makes that, creates that situation where Jax is the best champion in the game. But... I don't think so. I don't have the style either to pull it off. I think I don't. I don't think so. Maybe I do. Um, we'll but, find out. It's a mystery. Yeah, exactly. Don't want to let them know. Like I'm not sure. 
Um, if this turns out to be the biggest long con and you first game, Conqueror yeah, yeah, Jax, I just pour, and you yeah. smash with Conqueror Jax for yeah, the rest of the just, tournament. It's just I, an example, you know. Like that, that's the thing. That, <laughs> I mean, Yumbo right now is sitting and kind of doing the, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Conqueror Jax. Don't let him know. It's just you know, like that rune and just it opens up a certain set of champions that might be good, might not be good, and I think that different regions will have a different approach to it. I think the the handshake at the start of the, the start of MSI will be probably tank meta. I don't know for sure. But I think there's enough mm -hmm. room where there could be different things that could surprise all the teams, right? Because like maybe what we're doing right now will surprise other teams, and maybe what they're doing will surprise us. That's what makes an international tournament yeah. an international tournament. That's what makes it interesting because then you have to see the teams adapt to the meta. Yeah. You know, in case that you know the conquer is the best keystone in the game, and you cannot play against it. Uh, I don't personally think so, but maybe it is. Then, this might not be the tournament where we get to see it based on the fact that three out of the four major region teams have mainly tank yeah, players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's my point. Like, that's yeah. what I'm saying. But they have one region that does. Yeah. And, and, if, and if they just have so much success with that, one strategy, then it's a matter of do, do the people stick to their gut and just accept that they're going to be second place? Or are they going to try and adapt and also follow the meta? Because... That's the thing in a tournament, right? In this yeah, type of setting, is that's is why people have to follow. Big question. They have to follow the the, the meta, like follow what's winning at the time. At least I believe so. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe Joey thinks differently. That you should just stick to your gut, like from the start. You set your meta at the, the the start of the tournament, and then you just go through. And if you go zero to ten because your meta is wrong, I don't think so. I, mean, I think you should adapt. History would prove that's no, not I, how Joey does. I think we've no, seen no. G two adapt. No, but there, there there is no winning because if you stick to your guns and lose, it was the wrong. Approach yeah, yeah, yeah. and if you actually adapt, we should obviously just played what we practice, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you lose, it's always the wrong. You always made the wrong decision. Yeah. So I, I would like to jump in on the the fanatic one. Uh, obviously, from from the outside, not being part of fanatic specifically, so I can I guess give my honest opinion on on, on this team going into it. And mm -hmm. we talked a little bit about this last week. And looking at fanatic and you guys with you know strong team fighting, two great carries that outshine everyone in Europe. That part I think will still be a strong point around Fnatic at MSI, but won't give you the same advantage we've seen back in Europe. Like, if you take RNG versus Fnatic, it's Xiaohu and Uzi versus Caps and Reckless. Mm -hmm. And I just don't see Caps and Reckless being, you know, a level above those two guys, and therefore Fnatic will have that as a, as, as a clear advantage. Now, there will definitely be things where RNG will make some questionable decisions on the map uh, that can be exploited. But the way I often look at these, especially BO1s, uh, is a lot of times, once you get to the late game where you want to punish RNG for terrible macro or, you know, abandoning side lanes, the theory ends up not actually being what happens. And then when we get down to the game itself, you end up in these big brawly team fights. Uh, and RNG last year at Worlds, uh, from talking to Mithy a lot, and I want to hear if you agree on this one, uh, Jumbuck, we all came in with the mindset that they did have very questionable macro and decision-making, but when yep. you played against them, they actually were really good at like abusing small windows to yeah. quickly force a play that forced your hand. Yeah, so they're really good at initiating team fights. Um, and if you make an error in tempo, they will actually catch you. Mm -hmm. Probably they don't even realize that there is like a macro error happening, right? They just um, see a potential fight. They, they just see it. They see the fight in front of them. Mm -hmm. And it takes so much discipline 
and game knowledge and focus as the team with superior macro to not fall into that trap mm -hmm. and not make the mistake. Um, because you know, China, for example, really loves the 5v5 bot lane fights at uh, four minutes, I think, right? So, <laughs> But it might happen in our game where we gank yeah. bot lane and there's two people TPing and then in that moment you have to make the right decision. Can yeah. you win this fight at level four? And if, if you do follow up and you lose the fight, you know, it doesn't matter if you're better at macro, if you're 2k gold behind four minutes, you lose. Exactly. Like, isn't it? So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we have better macro, but I know, and this came from a lot of experience screaming unicorns last year, you need to be a step beyond better than the other team in terms of macro if you want to not let them play animal style. And I think that's going to be that great test for Fnatic is, are we going to see Fnatic go in, actually show they are a smarter team than RNG, stick to it, discipline is there, it becomes one of those games where it just feels like they're running around and RNG never gets the fight they want? Or do we get what we typically get from, again, a lot of years of now casting international tournaments? It ends up in that brawl where the decision-making is so difficult on stage, in the moment, and then suddenly it's just teamfight on teamfight on teamfight. And then you look at RNG and you can say, this is what they want to do. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it gets hard, man. It gets really difficult. Yeah, which is why I say I think we're better than RNG, right. but... I will definitely not predict a 2-0. Um, I will not predict anything, actually. I, I just think that's really scary because there's a very reasonable chance in the best of one that there will be a slip-up where someone thinks the, the fight is good when it's actually just not as good as he thinks it is and you can just lose the, the game off of that or someone moves a wave too early and you end up in a team fight again. I mean, we've had that happen at Worlds. We had a 4K mm -hmm. gold lead, I think, yeah. with uh, Rift Herald up and uh, we move from a minion wave too soon and the, basically the game is over even though we have a 4K gold lead. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious the 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 concept of carries being outclassed is interesting to me. Do you, do you feel like now on the world stage that you can continue to outclass other carries? Because Divisio is saying that he doesn't feel like that's a factor. Obviously, Shahu and Uzi are both strong players. You know, mm -hmm. BDD and Prey. You you have very strong players. But do you feel like that's something you can still leverage at all? And then if you can't, do you feel like your team? How much weaker do you feel like your team is because of it? And I'm going to continue to ramble because I realize this isn't the best question because I haven't stated my opinion. <laughs> Great, sorry. So my thing is, is I don't think we got to see, from a fan perspective, what it looked like when Fnatic was even in terms of skills against their laners, right? Like you, like, you guys have said it yourself, you always knew late game. Caps reckless, caps reckless, caps reckless. I don't think we've gotten to see a game in Europe, really, this season where they've been completely contested. One game I remember, Misfits versus Fnatic. St. Cooks on Anivia... It ended up being Painful. that 50 minute long game of like, but again, it's the only example I, yeah, I got in mind, right? It was like super back and forth carry wise. If we look at the other teams, right? Like there's an argument for when you guys would play against Splice that Kabe maybe would be able to go toe to toe with that late game stuff, but Niski wouldn't be able to go toe to toe mid lane, right? And then maybe there's an argument for, but it feels like no team in Europe can match you in both mid and AD carry. You guys would always have an advantage in one of those roles pretty, pretty clearly, I would say. And so I'm wondering. Like, do you feel like you can still f have those advantages? And if you can't, mm -hmm. how much does this actually affect the game plan and the style from Fnatic we saw in the EU LCS? I think bot lane's really stacked at MSI. Like, oh, I, yeah. I think <laughs> bot lane's stacked. Like, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say necessarily that, I don't even think it's, it's realistic to say we'll pull ahead there. You know, like, break even, sometimes maybe even lose, because, like, they're, like, it's really stacked. Mid lane, however, BDD, yeah, he's really good. Uh, Jahu, yeah, sure. Pobeltra? That's the questionable one. I'm not sure. I really don't know. Uh, I think Caps is uh, 
Personally, I think Caps is better than Pabelter. I think that's where we will be able to get something. I think that's a fair statement, yeah. Um, other than that, no, I don't think so. But I, I definitely think that the midline matchup against Team Liquid is in our favor. And whether we'll be able to pull advantages out of that or not obviously depends on a lot of different factors. But I think it's realistic to say that we can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think we can't rely on just winning team fights later on, be based on being better players, yeah, right? Yeah. So we're not gonna draft three losing lanes and mm-hmm. uh, hope for the best. But it doesn't mean that we cannot draft for late game. It just means that sure. we cannot draft three losing lanes and yeah. then hope we get a yeah. team fight. But it also doesn't mean we have to draft three winning lanes to win the game because whatever reason. I think we can have very balanced drafts. Like I said in the philosophy, we can draft that we are better than the opponent. Yeah. Not not that they are bad or that we are yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just draft very normal, draft strong yeah. team fights with with good solid lanes, lanes. Yeah. good scaling. Yeah. 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 Just you know, the Maokai, the orange, the reliable situation. No, I'm kidding. You know, it's just like you know what I mean? Like there's like this really just a really standard comp, I think, is what will work for us. I think if we can just play standard, I do think we're top two. Personally. I think if the game is, is normal and we can just play our game, they play their game, we just bash heads, I think Top two is realistic for Fnatic. And I think, like, if you guys get top two, one, of course, great achievement already. Um, but also just looking at, like, it was so huge for Fnatic overall and the way I think we we look at Fnatic because we're so used to just seeing, like, these great carries. You know, like, all the old players are doing everything they should do to enable the carry. So it's not just two people only, but... If we get to see like a, a fanatic walk in and just like cleanly dismantle an RNG or something in mm-hmm. the early game, cleanly set up the Baron, take it. You know, something you guys did struggle with during the split was like these first Barons typically wasn't mm-hmm. the easiest setup for you guys, which was why you ended up often going to late game as well. But if we start seeing that, it's obviously a great testament to the improvement of the team. So that would be amazing. I think like this tournament could be a fantastic thing uh, for Fnatic uh, to really also show what they've been working on right. behind the scenes that they didn't necessarily have to pull out in Europe because they could win, uh, you know, in in more reliable ways. And I mean, I love games like that. Like, if, if, if you guys first game, come on stage, dismantle a team, anyone who predicted anything is instantly screwed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because, because I think like, screwed really fast too, you know. Like, if yeah. Kingzone wins the group and they choose us in the semifinals... You might oh, not yeah. see us go top two at all, <laughs> yeah, you know? Like, yeah, of course. You, like, that's the thing. I think that's a really big deal for this MSI is the way the format is, is that if you look like the weaker team, but you're still top four, if Kingzone probably is going to be first, if they are, they're going to snipe you, you know? They're going to take you out first. They're going to be like, yeah, these guys are the weak link. We're going to the final straight away. Let's go. So if you look like a stronger team, or at least the team that they think is not as good as a match mm-hmm. for them, I think the top two is much more realistic all of a sudden. But I think that's kind of the test for so the, it's okay for the to three go teams. O two versus RNG, as long as you go one one versus Kingzone. So you put the, put yeah, them here into their heart. You know, like it, it's. I think it's really important that you you show something to the first place team. I guess. I think I, I, that's kind of cool. Yes. I actually, they, you know, they're the king of the group. They uh-huh. get to choose. Yeah, you know, yeah. like yeah. who is walk into the room and beat yeah, the biggest guy like, first. Who, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Who's gonna get pummeled here? You know, I mean, like, imagine that nightmare scenario where they're like, you know what, Fnatic clearly is the other really good team. Hmm. Okay, we'll take them out first. Yeah, we'll, yeah but that's my point. Like, if, they want a hand, if they want a handshake on that, I can respect that. But is that the the the, the smartest decision? I'm not sure. Yeah, Caps also had this great idea that since every team is always very respectful to Koreans, we should be very disrespectful because then maybe we can win, right? Um, like you're scared. But then, what if what if you get second in the group and they just snipe you because they don't like you? Yeah. yeah. 
No, he was just saying that um, you know we should just like all hard flame them and then they're gonna throw them off. They're gonna tilt, you know. Like, uh, yeah. Using nice. hard flame, oh, BDD, like international choker. <laughs> <laughs> you know, same thing. Like you know, and then the BDD's gonna be like, oh, what? Everybody's using. <laughs> respect. What do you do anymore? <laughs> Everyone usually respects us. What happened? Maybe maybe they they do know something uh, we don't. Yeah. See, once again though, the Koreans Gosh. are a step ahead because they're so used to trash talking. Every final there's a trash talk video, so they get in the yeah, head. Yeah. They get the thick skin, and we can't even use that anymore. And that's the like Korean production is too strong. They, you oh, know, they get them to go in there and it's... practice talking trash. We thought it was for spectacle, but they're preparing against Caps' brilliant mind game. That yeah, one strategy, it's, it's, potentially. It's... <laughs> have you guys watched a lot of the Kingstone games during the split? Yeah, we actually studied them a lot and have a lot of macro presentations about what they're doing on the map. So Right, yeah. so uh, instead of us talking about Fnatic, where you guys obviously can't hmm. reveal too many things, I'm more interested in hearing, like, what is your opinion of this Kingstone team? Like, are they just the perfect team at the moment? I think their games were very slow against Africa Freaks, and if we have a slow game, I don't see why we cannot take a map off of them, right? So if we just don't draft three losing uh, lanes, like, I mean, sure, Kingzone is probably the best team in the world, let's be fair. I don't see why we would not be able to take a map off of them if the draft mm -hmm. is proper and we don't, yeah. and we have a slow game like that. Like, if the stars align like that, and it's not that difficult, if you just play normal League of Legends and have to draft for it, I think we can just win the, that big team fight that we need. In the late game. Basically. Yeah, 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 the yeah. mid to late game. I think the mismatches, uh, or like the potential mismatches are top line and maybe jungle. I think Brox is really good, but Peanut is Peanut, right? Like this guy is... He's got a great split. Yeah, yeah, like Peanut Khan, that's, you know, when I when I look at that and I see that in the other end of the scoreboard, that's scary, you know? Like I need to, I need to step up, or at least I, I really feel like, like okay, like I need to play well. I can't like make any mistakes or, or I'm going to get punished for it. And I think if we can avoid any situations where, where this mismatch actually gets punished, I think it's very realistic that we can take a map off them in a slow game. Yes, I agree with Joey there. Okay. I mean, because that's, that's obviously one of the things when you look at... Every team will look at Kingstone and say, okay, what can we do against them? Is there a way we can beat them? I think in a group stage in best of one, there's a lot of chances of upsets. Mm -hmm. Like we've seen a lot of the best Korean teams drop games. Like SKT yeah. got fourth place, you know, at MSI group stage last yeah. year. Lost to Flash Wolves last year in best of one as well. Exactly. Like, uh, I think a lot can happen there. And it's not like the Kingzone guys have always been 100% reliable on the international stage. So there's definitely a chance uh, of it happening. But I think it's in it's cool to hear, like, you know, the late game philosophy on it. Because it feels like, over, like the G2 matchup, just in a way, like, you know, top lane, got to be careful up there, neutralize that matchup. We know the late game is where we, we can strike, and it, it makes sense. Like, that does seem to be a place where some teams can try and match them because an early game snowballing, really especially good. with yeah. Peanut and Khan, it yeah. just feels so hard. BDD has a champion pull for it, too, right? Like, you so see he can pick anything. Yeah, but yeah. Like, they're specialized for it. If you look at their split, like, if they could get it, like, they're the guys that started with Sion mid, right? Like, I'm pretty sure at least they started with Sion mid and, and, and the Galio and, and Natalia. So, these guys want to snowball the early game. Like that's how they that's their comfort zone. And then if you take that away and you, you have that slow game, I think there's League of Legends to be played against mm -hmm. them. I don't think you're gonna just flop. If you give that to them, I don't know. I really don't know what's gonna happen because I don't know how good they are and if we can if our lanes are gonna hold it. In that case, like I'm the thing I'm I'm thinking about is like how would I match up against that or how would Soas match up against that, right? Because we do have that mm -hmm. that advantage that we have a sixth player. Uh, in me, I'll probably so. still take Khan. Wow, thanks. I mean, everyone put Kingzone first, but 
I do want to call you out, Deficio, specifically, because I don't know if you listened to all of last week, but Of Defici- course they did. Yeah. Of, course. of course. Of course. Then you heard Deficio predict you guys as fourth place yeah. in the group. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything to say for yourself before I we just also please harass him? I, you guys, I mean, seem, you guys seem really fine with this, and I would really. Yeah. I mean, I think, like I said, I think it's if we're fourth place, I think it's worst case scenario because realistically, fourth place team looks the worst. So uh, I'm not sure. Did you put Kings on first in that? In that I put them second on mine. RNG first. Oh, RNG spicy. But then we get RNG, RNG fanatic semifinals in that case if we're fourth place. Like. Thinking the sure, fourth hey, place hey, is the worst and RNG is okay. first place. Oh, yeah, I'll take that. You know, I'll take that. So that's why I'm okay with ah. it. You know, like... <laughs> my if, scenario looks pretty if, good uh, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we're thinking about, uh, about that it that way... It's not BM. Deficio's not selling you out. He's setting up the dream yeah, scenario for the <laughs> One step ahead of us. But yeah, like, I think in that case, if they if they do end up choosing us, now if they choose Liquid, then uh, your plan failed. Oh. Uh, yeah. But um, I think, like I said, I think all the teams are evenly matched. Uh, honestly, uh, well... Other than King Zone, okay, sure. The the three other teams, so China, NA, and the EU, are probably really close together. Yeah, of if, we get, if we get fourth, it's just not the end of the world. Exactly. Like, I, like, I think it's within reason. Yeah, I think as long as we make it to Paris, we have we made the expectations, and I think making sure. the finals would be. I think it just depends too much. It depends too much on what happens with first place because that's what makes it fun, of course, but it's what makes it really scary. Because you need to show up in groups. So if you end up being fourth place and King Zone is first, and they see you as the weak link, they're gonna take you out first, hundred percent of so, times. Yeah. You talked about uh, in the group stage. You talked about there's a lot of potential to go two zero zero two one one. It's all over the place. It's hard to predict. Lock it down. But there was some confidence for best of fives. Do you feel like if you play any other team besides King Zone, you will make it to finals? I believe so, and I can say that because I proved that last year at MSI, right? I mean, I, but, yeah. But the, but the most fun would be a best of five between an EU and an A team because I don't think we've ever seen that, have we? In an MSI semifinal or Worlds? No. 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 No, no. no it would be in Team Liquid Fnatic. Looks cool. Or do we count uh, Rift Rivals, Unicorns against whatever? <laughs> we didn't have a semifinal. Uh, we only had a final there. Yeah. It was uh, groups yeah. into final. That, that's not a real best of five. Yeah, I know. That did never yeah. happen. It was yeah. a practice yeah. tournament. <laughs> practice. I don't know. It's, it's interesting, though, <laughs> with, with the, like, so obviously looking at no, the group rankings right there. Um, best of ones always make it so difficult because you only get to play twice against these different teams. And if you go into the first game and something does go wrong in the draft, the pick surprises you. Or like we've seen that happen so many times in the past. The Olaf pick from CLG at Worlds against you guys where yeah. you did not expect it, right? And suddenly a game where you were favored to win swung yeah. uh, quickly over to the other team. And these kind of things will happen very often. But I kind of feel like with three of the teams, Team Liquid, RNG and uh, Kingstone, I, I feel like I know what I'm getting. I don't have big question marks of like exactly how they're going to play. Like it's actually only Fnatic where I have that, where I'm like, again, I don't know if they will just come in and say, you know, our late game is great. We stick to late game. Or if suddenly you play like against Vitality where there was a lot more yeah. early game, you know, camp for caps. If people don't remember the first game of the semifinal, Broxa went mid probably 10 times. Yeah. Within like ten minutes, <laughs> and just like destroyed yeah. uh, poor Jizuke in there, and we got to see a much more early game focused fanatic. And you know, because I don't know if that's the mindset you guys are going to enter the tournament with, it's really hard to actually predict 
fanatics overall performance. And obviously, you guys will sit here and say it's going to be great, and you don't want, you shouldn't reveal if you're going to play early or late game. But it's 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 this is the thing we it's didn't think so about when we invited you guys on the podcast. We're like, ooh, we can talk about MSI, and they're like, because no, we want to talk about the other teams. But also, yeah. we can't because like we want to know everything, yeah. but we also don't want you guys to give anything away. Team Liquid opinions, Hot great, takes. terrible, Poe Belter, yeah, worst I mean, man at the tournament. I think oh. at the tournament currently in the top among the top four, he's definitely okay. the worst. I mean. Among the top four, let's make that clear, okay? Yeah, Pobelder, yeah. I'm sure he's better than six, oh, fifth and sixth well, teams. They're what, clear what yet. What about GBM? But... Is he better than GBM? Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, probably. No, like, the thing, yeah, no I mean, the thing is about GBM is that um, he has his cheese picks, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's got the cheese picks, so I'm not sure if he, he's willing to pull, pull them out or not. I'm sure he is. Um, but I think that's the only question mark. Like, what's GBM going to pull out? I think that's like like the big deal, and that's what I also think about uh, like Supermassive. They said they were going to be able to beat us. And they could take. They're not even us. at group stages just yeah, yet. Yeah, no, I'm just saying they say they are, and I think that it's it's really relying on on, on him and, and Snowflower, because I think the other lanes just can't add up. Like mm-hmm. there's no way they can take a, a straight laning phase against any of the top four teams for longer than ten minutes. Uh, I think there will be advantages, whether it be CS or kills. It's just that's just how it usually is. Um, I think that's the biggest problem mm-hmm. the uh, emergent regions have is that they just don't have a a big enough pool of talent to match up against the the major regions. All right, but mostly I was memeing on the Pillbulger thing, but I do think he's a weakness. But I do want to talk about the rest yeah, of Team yeah, of Liquid course. and how the rest of the matchups uh, stack up because I mean I think everyone's excited for bot lane all the time forever, well, of course, because of the eighty carries that are here. Uh, and so how do you feel about that matchup? What are you guys' opinions on Ole specifically as a support? I'm curious to... I know Martin said he's very annoying to play against because this yeah. guy doesn't roam. He just, yeah, yeah, yeah. He he just bases run. and just runs yeah, back yeah, to his lane. Yeah. He's, he has a very lane-focused approach. So yeah. he's very annoying to play against for our bot lane. Uh, at least that's what they said. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure he's a, like, he looks like a good player. Right? Yeah, like, they both look good. Yeah. yeah, I think their bot lane is really good. but I think it depends. League of Legends, like this entire split, has been mid-jungle, and then where does mid-jungle go? And considering we have the stronger mid-laner, at least I think so, and I think we can all agree yeah. that we we probably do. Um, Initial expectations are definitely in favor of Caps, I'll yeah. say that. Um, that the mid-jungle influences whatever they want to. So if they decide to influence that bot lane and we end up winning that mid-jungle, then Team Lucas bot lane is going to have to bleed for that. Yeah, I also think Ole relies sometimes on a, on a few specific champions. Right. And then again, we also rely sometimes on a few specific champions or a few specific mm. matchups. So mm. I think the bot lane is going to be decided mostly by draft. Okay, yeah, yeah. I can agree I mean, with that. Team Liquid over in North America definitely looked like the smartest team. Uh, I think in the way they they were playing, uh, very didn't win through lading phase, which was uh, obviously a, it's a good thing going into an international mm. tournament. You don't just rely on stomping lanes. Um, there was a lot of lot more focus on Xmithy, obviously, uh, yeah. specifically dictating the game, and then just. In the mid game, like they're smart, like they are, they understand how to snowball an advantage. They are good with the vision setup. They're good at setting up the correct play, especially around double lift uh, specifically. And while Pole Builder is is not going to be the greatest carry of all time, like he's he's pretty reliable. he's, yeah, a, he's, he's reliable a, for sure. Yeah, he's a consistent player. So that that's the thing with Team Liquid that's going to be interesting uh, during this tournament. Like, will they actually be able to use? And have you guys noticed this from obviously playing them that like really good mid-game setups and kind of understanding of how to play macro without necessarily just winning through only late-game team fighting or, or pure laning phase? 
I think they've definitely shown a few things that we ourselves didn't think of that were very good in terms of macro and map movement. Um, are they much better than the other teams? Like much better than us? No. I think mm -hmm. we are doing things that they would never think of and they're doing things that yeah, okay. we would never think of, but now we do. Uh, so the question is, do they copy the good things from us and do we copy the good things from them? I know we're copying a few things, but they, might, they may still have some mm -hmm. aces up their sleeve. And I think Smithy is a very good jungler, very smart. He looks like the strongest member on their team. Agree. At the same time, Ooh, I don't... Ooh. Ooh. Double lift? I, yeah, I, okay, double lift. You can argue for I mean, let's just say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But regardless, Those that's good praise to hear because yeah. I think yeah. Smithy's been touted as such a strong yeah. jungler for, for a while now, actually. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think Broxa is going to have a mismatch no, with any of the junglers like, like Peanut is Peanut but I don't think yeah, Smithy is going to run over Brox or anything he's mm -hmm. just so solid and consistent like, yeah, I think so too yeah. I think that's the biggest strength Broxa has is he's really he's a wall he's the wall you know you have to get over him and I don't think he ever lets that happen he's a big dude you don't yeah, get over yeah, Broxa yeah. Um, I think it's difficult to say because Team Liquid has so, much, so many experienced players right like almost all of them yeah. have several years um, and if we put me in, if you put me into into that aspect, uh, I think if you compare, if you put me in, I think our years combined of experience are really small compared to theirs. Because uh, I think Captain Brox only have one year, I believe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, given their experience, if I'm playing, I think they might pull out a thing or two that we don't expect. Whereas so I think Soaz has that advantage over me in the sense that he he knows, you know, like he, he'll smell it. You know, like if Teamwork is trying to do like ah, some cheeky comeback play from season four, mm. that yeah, I remember. Yeah, 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 no, <laughs> I think he has that experience. Of like maybe he'll have that advantage and 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 smell a way Team Liquid can win that I wouldn't see, and and that can give him the advantage over me. Uh, they don't feel like the team that cheeses a lot. They, no, but they're very standard kind of. Whoa! Whoa okay, so you guys yeah. obviously no, know no, something no. there. Like no, no, no. there's been a lot of patches. Just don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to be cheese. It just has to be like a like a good play that makes sense. Right. But you have the ball. You have to have the balls to do it. Uh, That's fair. And I think with the experience they have, they have the balls. You know, like they'll they'll gamble. If the game is bad for them. They will gamble on a bad situation that is at least 50-50. Mm -hmm. mm. So I think that that's... That'll be cool to watch, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for Team Liquid. I'm not going to hype them and say they're like the greatest team ever, yeah. but I think they are actually a good team uh, coming into this tournament. And I think also, because we have these hyped 80 carries, like Double Lift, it's always kind of been very mixed on his international performance. Like we've seen... Some games where he looked really good, and then other games where everything just seemed to fall apart for him, or he's been caught out, you know. And games where he looked really good, and then got one shot by a victor. That stuff yeah. also happened. So there's always hey, been like, people get one shot by a victor. That's what that champion does. Yeah, but there's always been so many questions regarding his international performance, and I think for him, you know, he wins with Team Liquid, he wins with another North American team, mm. he gets to go to a tournament with Reckless Uzi Prey as the other AD carries. Like, if there was ever a moment to be like, yeah, I can put these guys in the dumpster. This tournament right now would be it. Uh, so that's going to be insanely uh, hype as well to actually watch. Does this does this tournament decide the best AD carry in the world? Mm. Like I said, I think mid-jungle is really important in the current meta. Like, you know, like if 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 you know if you're playing against Kingzone, you know, and, and Uzi might be a better AD carry than Prey, I'm not sure. You know, people say he's the best. Some do, some don't. But then you have BDD and Peanut, you know, just running through your lane, <laughs> killing you. And then... yeah, it's it's, it's hard to play the game, you know? Yeah, yeah. You sit under your tower. Yeah, it's just hard like... to breathe when, yeah. when, when, when... Like, that's the thing about the meta, I think, is that mid-jungle, like, it's hard to breathe when they're, when, when mid-jungle gets ahead, especially given like, some of the things we've seen, right? 
Like if there's a Skarner running around, you know, with Predator, then not your turn. It's not safe anymore. From a caster broadcast narrative, mm -hmm. you can definitely spin it as this tournament can show us who is the best AD carry in the world right sure. now. That's like sure. when you have these names here, if you end up, if Kingzone ends up losing a final and Reckless hard carries Fnatic, trust me, people are going to say no, uh, he's the best AD carry no, in no, the world. No, 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 I will come on the show and say that over and over again for an entire year. Yeah, yeah but no, but that's, that's just how it works. You know, like if I hard carry, everyone's going to say I'm the best top laner. If Khan hard carries, he's going to be the best top laner. If you hard carry at any, like any international event, people are going to say you're the best. Isn't that why people always said the Faker was the best? Because he ended up hard carrying international events. Well, he also hard carried in Korea. Yeah, 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 that's fair. He always hard carried, and that's my point. Like, if Caps hard carries, he's the best. If if anybody, you can name anybody, even a support player. I mean, we had MSI, MSI last year with Perks. You know, yeah. when he yeah. played so yeah. well, there was a lot of discussions going on about him actually being the best performing mid laner. You know, right. during yeah. that one tournament, and I mean, that's that's again the really awesome things when we have so many stacked lineups now facing each other mm. uh, during during the tournament itself. But the eighty carry topic will just be there through all the games we're gonna watch, and it will be a discussion on can anyone challenge Uzi Prey? You know, can Reckless live up to the hype? And the same for Double Lift. Right. I mean, I'm excited. I know we'll hear it probably too much by the end of the tournament, but regardless, it'll still be interesting. Yeah. I'm killed on a podcast. Already. I mean, the thing is, is that there's just like every matchup is interesting to me because even top lane, where you talk about three, right. maybe primarily tank players, even Khan just being in there makes the whole thing interesting to see actually who, who gets the edge there. But overall, I'm excited to see for MSI. Can we get one last like, I want one last like strong statement to end our MSI discussion. I'm trying to figure out how to get it out of you guys, but I just want to, I just want like EU fans to have like. Something to hold on. We'll like print it on a poster that they can wave from the crowd, you know? Give us uh, your top four placements after groups. We did it last week with the predictions. Yeah. Where after groups? So if you guys had to mm. rank where, you know, the teams are going to end once groups is over, who's first in the group? You can have your separate ones or you can do it together. Yeah, I think that's really hard. I think that's, I think if you're trying to be realistic, it's, you know, like I, it's almost impossible to be realistic about this, you know, like. I mean, yeah. But that's the thing about this that makes it fun, right? Because if you if you had all the answers, then it oh, would be boring. But you don't. Even that's the thing. You don't take a risk. Even if I had all the answers, even if I had all the formulas, I don't think my answer would always be right. And I think that's what makes the tournament fun. I mean, yes, there's a lot of random things that can happen. And I don't think the better team is necessarily going to finish first, second, yeah, or exactly, third, right? exactly. Well, that's what my, my experience was. I'm <laughs> going to go and throw. And say that King's Own will be first. Okay. okay. Spicy. Yeah, Spicy. yeah. No, it's fair. Yeah, yeah. Good start. Good start. I think that um, they don't necessarily have to be. I just think that their players are actually good at best of one. Like, they actually look like they have scary players in best of one. You know, like, they look like players like any any five of them could just have one good game and carry it straight yep. up. And then that's what makes a good best of five team, I think. So, King's Own first. And now it gets hard. Here's where you have to like think, like what's gonna happen. I mean, second place, you, it's pretty obvious. Yeah. You, even if you don't. Team Lakewood. You, you have to say it, even if you don't agree. But I actually yeah. think we're second place. Yeah, I think so too. Okay, Fnatic gets second place. You have to say it, even if you don't agree. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's I agree. the young buck quota. Yeah. <laughs> I want to take away from this. Third but, um, place. Third place. Um, I have my answer ready, but I want to hear yours. Mm. Team Liquid. Okay, add RNG. And I think Team Liquid is a better team, 
But I think RNG, best of one power. So I would pick Team Liquid in the best of five, but yeah, RNG, yeah. Okay. best of one. China, best of one is just mm. disgusting. Yeah, yeah obviously. But Very it's also, unpredictable. It's yeah. also the, the other way around for me is that, um, for me, the question is, is, is Impact going to pick carries? You know, is, is he going to try and, and get something out of these out of these expected tanks, right? Because we don't know what, what Let Me is going to pull out, but we're expecting tanks to show up. Uh, I think MLXG is also somebody that, at least uh, in his region, very much is uh, a lot of surprising things. He's uh, some very interesting pathing from some games, and uh, I don't think Xmithy is going to like let that happen or be shaken by that. He's definitely played against him before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like been, it, you, you know, yeah. seen it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like, I expect Xmithy to be able to handle that. And I think if you take that away, I feel like Uzi is the type of player that you need to teach him a lesson every game in the sense that he won't respect you for the first gank, and then after he'll start, you know, he'll he'll be he'll be he'll be cool again. So like for example, if the enemy jungle could be there, like I feel like he he ends up, you know, either burning his summoners or something, and then and then he's reminded, you know, he's reminded, okay, you know, I gotta I gotta mm. chill. And if you grab that opportunity and you make a count, I think Double will be able to run away with that lane. So, uh, one of the most interesting interviews uh, I've seen uh, in a long time when it comes to, to League of Legends teams was actually done by the LPL broadcast. It was by Frost Curran when she interviewed Uzi mm. before the LPL final. Uh, and they were talking about this part specifically of like Uzi, you know, getting ganged or yeah, sometimes yeah. needing someone to guide him around. And, and he, he specifically said that he's so focused, he's so tunnel vision on himself and like his mechanics and the small moves he's making trying to beat this other AD carry in lane that even if the enemy jungler walks over a ward he doesn't really pay attention to it yeah, yeah. and he needs someone next to him who is effectively constantly telling him what, what's happening uh, and it actually is something we've seen in the past where teams have found mm. success you know early ganking him trying to shut yeah. him down and and you can actually punish that part uh, a lot and try and catch him out uh, but that's always like I, it's, it's rare I hear a player admit that like most of the time they're like, mm. ah, you know, it wasn't really my fault. You know, I was doing something mm. else. But, you know, normally I will always spot it. Right, but he actually right. said, no, I'm so focused on my individual part that I, I, I can miss this kind of stuff. Uh, and I was just like, it was fascinating because it also kind of explains why sometimes it was in the past yeah. <laughs> have just <laughs> randomly yeah. been yeah. caught. <laughs> you're no, like, why are you doing this? No, that's what I'm saying. But that's like actually a big weakness because it is a weakness. If you do sure. that against a team like Kingzo and you slip off that one time, yeah, yeah. they're going to run away with it. Now, is Team Liquid going to be able to do that? I think so, actually. I think that MLXG won't be able to do anything special. And I think that from a competitive standpoint and at a certain level, that if one lane gets that treatment and they do fall behind, that the other lane should be able to like hold fast and just wait until that lane snowballs their lead and just runs away with it. And I think the double lift OLA will be able to do that against Uzi if Uzi slips up. Uh, whether he will or not, I think so. Because from what I've seen, it's like every game, you know, you give him a little shake, you know, like the enemy jungler like just comes his lane and shakes him up a bit. And depending on how hard that how hard that is, he either dies or he blows summoners or whatever. And I think if he ends up dying and the advantage is big enough, they'll get wins. Mm. All right. Yes. Yeah. Or there will be a five v five in the bot lane. Well, that's what yeah. yeah. I was about to say. Yeah. Uh, the, the theory is all great, but in practice. Uh, yeah, RNG tends to get some of their fights, yeah. even if it wasn't planned always. Yeah, sure. And man, they can execute those fights. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And that, that obviously could snowball the other way, and then the and game's then over instantly. It turns yeah. around. But there you go. This is this is the predictions, and you, I, I split you guys up. Are you guys right. good being separate? 
King yeah. Zone, number one for both of you. Number two, Fnatic for both of you. Young Buck is taken. RNG third. Team Liquid fourth. Whippo's doing the opposite. Team Liquid third. RNG fourth. Now we have to answer the immortal question, Deficio. The wager, gentlemen, is the last thing. Now, we didn't have a wager. We took a break to figure one out, <laughs> to be honest. But we found Whoopsie. one. So uh, we had a big discussion last week about the EU LCS needing more mustaches. Um, luckily, three of the four people at this table can grow one, although they don't frequently show them off. Let's not mention the person who cannot. <laughs> um, so here's the deal. Fanatic. Here's the stakes. Loser has, to, loser has to grow a mustache. They have to wear that mustache, however horrible it looks, growing it from the moment MSI ends until the season starts. They have to wear that mustache on broadcast for the first day of broadcast. If you're a caster and you're on air, if you're a player and you're on stage, if you're a director of esports and you're <laughs> behind the scenes, we will get pictures. We will do our best to get it on broadcast as well. I'll be honest, I haven't talked to the producers about this, so they may not be quite it's so keen. It's just a mustache. It's just a mustache. It's just a mustache. Uh, and, of course, the rule for, for me and Young Buck, who both have baby faces, we have to separate our mustache. We're allowed to keep a little beard along the bottom, but it has to be a clearly separated mustache. You can twirl it. You can give it the porn stash. However you want to approach it, <laughs> it's your game. But you have to keep growing it All right. until it goes. What if uh, the mustache is not going to be the greatest in the world? That's fine. You have to keep it anyway. You'll be able to see it, <laughs> but it will not look great. So for the one person who shall not be mentioned, uh, who can't grow a mustache very well, you... A little bit of it. A little bit of a mustache. You still have to grow it anyway. No I'll try. I'll how try. how awful it looks. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, it's going to be so bad. I'm not convinced that mine's going to be great either, but, you know. I mean, you're already growing a little bit. One, I, I believe, I believe. We'll, All right. We're right. Let's hope. But here's, here's the deal. We were debating stakes, so we agreed on something. How we about teamed you? up. We teamed up. Me and Deficio versus Whippo and Young Buck. Mm -hmm. Why don't you guys run us through the, the stakes, or not the stakes, but the uh, the actual bet itself, what we're betting on. Yeah. If, if we get top two at MSI, then... The two of you are going to grow the mustache, and yeah. if not, then we will grow a mustache yeah. from the finals to the first week of LCS. Oh, that's perfect. And that yeah. means make the finals of MSI. Yeah. We're yes. not talking group stage, we're talking playoffs. Yeah, this yes. top two. Okay. group. Even if you get top two in groups and then bomb in your nah, semi. Nah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. We'll All right. All right. I like it. There you guys have it. That is the bet for Euphoria. It's all about mustache growing this week to go along with For the day one of the ULCS summer split. Oh, God. Oh, pray, folks. If you're a European fan, you want Fnatic to win and you want Deficio to grow a mustache because it will be great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, thank you so much for listening. This has been episode 13. Thank you to Bupo and Youngbuck for coming on. Good luck. Do you guys want to give any shout-outs before we close? I always forget to ask. Yeah, actually, can I mention something else? Yeah. yeah. Because I think Martin has gotten a really bad rap this split from like an interview from Jesses and uh, Hillisong that he's difficult to work with, but... Oh, yeah, reckless. I, I really want to set a record straight. Uh, Mar yeah, I mean, yeah, not, yeah. not you. Not you, Martin. No, <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> no, like, reckless is very easy to work with. It's just at the start of the split, Hillisong and reckless butted heads in terms mm -hmm. of how they want to play the lane, but... Mm -hmm. Other than that, like everything is fine between the two now that they've synergized and he's really easy to work with. So I just wanna I just wanna kill that because it's not correct. Alright, there it is. Dead. Martin Reckless Larson, easy to work with. Even if there is some conflict every once in a while. People butt heads, it's part of the job. You're not supposed it? to say that. Yeah, no. Yeah, but we're like eight or nine guys in the house. Like yeah, there's yeah, yeah, always no, no, conflict, that's what I'm saying. You know? It's like I don't think yeah, it's I, I don't think it's reasonable to expect because like me and Martin argue all the time. Yeah. Right? And we've had legitimate like butting heads kind of arguments. So what happens when you work with people, you're gonna have conflict. It does not mean like yeah. 
it doesn't mean the end of the world, you know? That's how it goes. Exactly. Like everyone fights with each other at some point and it doesn't make someone hard to work with. If mm -hmm. these two players had one argument, the start was split. It's yeah. whatever. I like it. Yeah. Cool. We always have arguments with Dylan when we play werewolves, so but we, we, we still we still we, love him. We, still <laughs> yeah. with. we kill a lot of memes on yeah. this show. This was the most serious ending we've had. That's yeah. true. We always end with I used to chat and like I want to say one thing and I was like, ooh. And then it was very serious, which is respectable. You can say one thing. I think that's yeah, it's yeah. totally fine. Whippo, you wanna kill any uh I mean uh Are you gonna be the best top laner in <laughs> Europe at the end of the next split? Um uh, Best top laner in the world. Top laner in Europe? By the end of the next split? I could take that. I will, I will take people up on that, for sure. All right, well, maybe uh, we'll bring you back to, like, solidify now, Like, obviously, the, the whole thing that I'm, you know, people are exaggerating, especially on Reddit, and they love the they love me. They love the, uh, I'm the best, not even top laner, sometimes best player. Um, but, you know, like, people, I came across as cocky for some reason. Maybe it's because... Um, because you were cocky? Yeah. <laughs> but you admit it. Yeah, I admit that. I was cocky. <laughs> but... Um, I yeah, I won ULC's finals. You know, like uh, I wanted to say something. I wanted to make it fun. I wanted to make it spicy. Dude, we go. love it. Yeah, yeah we love it. Like keep being you, man. I wanted to quote a specific Gilius tweet that I got in trouble for quoting before, but I won't. Ooh, <laughs> why not? <laughs> because it got cut last. Time. Oh, really? Because <laughs> it wasn't good. Quote it to you later. But for now, you guys can look through and find what quote I'm talking about. But this has been episode 13 of the Euphoria podcast. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you guys in the future. Thank you.